Hello everybody and welcome to episode 489 of Conversation Street. This is for the week of the 20th to the 24th of September 2021. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And today we're talking about Corey. I've already said it. It's the episodes 10,434 to episodes 10,439. There was some controversy in there this week, everybody. Ooh, what do we think about Wednesday's episode? I don't know what you think. I don't know. We're not going to find out what you think. We can find out what we think later on in this episode. Yeah. Do you want to do a quiz? I, I want to get onto the quiz. I want to be talking about this week's Coronation Street, Gemma. Uh, I've missed your quiz for the last few weeks. We did something a bit different in the last few weeks, haven't we? But we back to the standard quiz this week. Um, yeah, pretty Thank much. You. Where did you source the information for your quiz? Coronationstreet.fandom.com. This is for things happening in years ending in a one and a six. Okay. 20th of September, 1996. Mavis gives permission for the Weatherfield Historical Society to include number four on its sightseeing tour. Why is she horrified when the tour commences? Because... Um, this was when they had, um, that it stopped off at the place where Ernest Bishop was shot, wasn't it? Correct. So they, she, they made the death of her husband a tourist attraction. No, it wasn't her husband. Oh, sorry, Emily's husband, sorry. Mavis yes. was the one that gave permission here. Yes. And then Emily Emily found his. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20th of September 1971. How does Minnie suggest Stan demonstrate his building skills to Len and Ray? I don't know this. Uh, you do. Do I? Um, Nineteen seven. Stan, Bill. Oh, oh! Is this when he makes his giant um, serving hatch? That's right. Yeah, giant serving hatch number thirteen. Classic. Twenty first of September two thousand and eleven. Frank Foster is arrested for raping Carl Connor. Mm-hmm. What is the name of the police officer who arrests him? What? Oh, you were the expert on this the other day. What? Well, expert on what? Who, what's the name of the police officer? I don't know. PC. Am I right so far? No. Oh. <laughs> DS. Yeah, no. <laughs> DC. Yeah. I don't know. Malone. How am I supposed to know so that? It's the same person who played the judge in the trial. Oh, is it? Yeah, and you so go, oh, I love that character. So she I played love... the judge and she played that PC of that, that DC officer and she played the vicar. Yep. Awesome. Good we, had, for her. we had a conversation about this. And oh, well, I don't know if that 22nd of September, September 1986. What is Betty's occupation when Bet asks her to come back and serve food and work lunches at the Rovers? 1986. Betty goes off and gets another job, does she? Is that what, right? is that the question is, what yeah. is Betty's occupation? If somebody came around and did a census, what would she write down? Oh. Um, barmaid? Retired. Retired barmaid. So shocking, so shocking. 1996 barmaid. I'm yeah, she retired. She retire after yeah. that. 22nd of September 2011. Which character gets enraged and attacks Frank, calling him a rapist? Um, Maria. Nope. Carla. Peter Barlow. Peter Barlow. 23rd of September 2001. Whose equally miserable sister turns up to her funeral, played by the same actress? Edna Miller. Edna Miller. Correct. Yeah, she was great. I loved her. 23rd of September 2016. What revelation does Kathy Kathy discover about her ex-husband? 
he was having an affair with Nessa, her sister. Kind of. He had been Alex's his son. Um, he'd been writing love he letters was to the Nessa. Father of Alex. Yeah, yeah. I thought I said. I said. Oh, did you? I said that was my second. Oh, guess. did you? Yes. Twenty fourth of September, nineteen eighty six. Which couple does Hilda say are welcome to live with her after they are married? Sally and Kevin. Well done. That's the end of the quiz. How did I do? You got five right and three wrong. I will take it. Thank you very much. Birthdays. We've got a special birthday coming up this weekend, haven't we? On Sunday. Yes, we do. We do indeed. <laughs> 25th of September, Shelley King, who plays Yasmin Nazir. Happy birthday, Shelley King. Sasha Bihar, played Maya Sharma. And then the 26th of September, we've got Charlie DeMello. Charlie DeMello's birthday. Happy listening, birthday, Charlie. Charlie. Happy birthday to um, you. plays Imran. And Kelly Carmichael, so young, who played Lucy Barlow. 27th of September, director Max Morgan Witz. And Mikey North, who plays Gary Windass. 28th of uh, September, director Chris Jury. 30th, there's quite a lot here. You've got oh. Nicola Thorpe, Rula Lenska, Meg Johnson, who played Eunice G., and Barbara Knox. I probably get surprised at this every year, but are they really on the same day? No, it's a lie. 1st of October, Keith Duffy, who played Kieran McCarthy, and Elma Vaney, who is Amy Barlow, the 8th. I bet it. We've been watching um, the early 2000s Coronation Street, and we've been reading that Kieran McCarthy has been in it, but he's been avoiding all the episodes we've been watching, haven't I? I want to, watch, like, I want to see about Kieran again. Every episode is a death knell he's in for it being an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, right, I want to talk about this. It's Coronation Street, Gemma. We have got things to say. Should we say it? Yeah. Here comes Street Talk. Right then, let's get talking about this week's episodes. Um, I think I think I'm probably going to come across as being... I don't think people are going to agree with me much this week. <laughs> I don't know how much people do generally, but I've got a feeling that my... Over overwhelming opinion. Well, most of my opinions this week will be um, not in uh, in alignment with with some of our listeners. But I don't care because I'm going to say it anyway. I know what I thought about this week's episodes, and I feel quite strongly about them. Gemma, you feel quite jolly. Strongly, I, I, I I'm not going to be back down on what I thought about this episode, this week's episodes. So we're going to start off with, um, and this is quite a good storyline side up for it actually. The a bit of a cock up storyline about. Aled's cochlear implant, and some may it's operation, say... operation, Yes, exactly, it's cock-op, exactly, it's cochlear operation. Some people might say that Wednesday's episode was a bit of a cock-op, but what did we think? Well, we have to wait and see. We then have the Cole and the Hole storyline, where we say goodbye to poor old Norris after... How long has he been in the show? 25, 26-odd years? Um, I've got a Zidane storyline title. What's Z up to, then, hey? What's Z up to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for that chuckle. Yeah, I've got the Max Payne storyline, and he was even more of a pain this week than he was last time. Kelly and Jelly, and... Uh, no. Kelly and, and Jelly. Kelly, jelly? Where's jelly. the Jelly come from? Shut up. Bailey. Kelly and Jelly, and then with a Bailey. You've just written I, Bailey. I, I can't Well, it, 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 I, it could Bailey hold my attention this week, that storyline, so I can be bothered to come up Bailey with a storyline. It is Bailey worth mentioning, actually. <laughs> Okay, very good. Right, I okay. Am I right to take the Frida story? Oh, yeah, I'll sit with my teeth. You sit with your teeth. You got your mini dime bars because we went to IKEA last night, so we've been happily chomping away at those. Um, we we bought a um, some some bedside tables and spent about an hour on it this afternoon, and we've got in like onto step two. So of one, uh, <laughs> there's like fourteen, fifteen it's steps. Such a stupid. We had the wrong screwdrivers, I think, but Putting... never mind. 
We need to get Paul on it. Okay, so a bit of a cock up then. He's so cool. you know, Paul, Paul, um, Paul Foreman off Corey. He's, he's all. I wouldn't trust him with my, with my bank card. What about Brian with his um, uh, what's it called? Zzz, chainsaw. Need that. Right. Anyway, Corey, Gemma, she gets an invite. Um, for them to go out to this thing on Monday with someone whose kid's also got cochlear implants so she wants to go and have a chat with Can them. Can you stop like... gesturing because you're wobbling the bed and my tea keeps shaking. Sorry, I, 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 I can't help it. I'm, I'm thinking, talking about Gemma and Friedra. I'm doing a sign-in. Put my tea down. I can... You can so she's she's gesticulate wildly. She's like, gonna go off and meet this this lady with the with the with the cock op son. Oh, you're assuming and, it's a woman. And and Frida, and so, so and so she has to go to town on the bus or something. Frida calls for Gemma later on because Gemma's supposed to be going to this deaf play group thing, but she's not there. She's missed it. She's she's thought it was too important to spend time with the people who've had the cochlear implant operation than go to the deaf play group and this gets Frida's back right up because she's obviously for many months now been dead against Alad getting his um, cochlear implant and this is just more evidence that Gemma is attempting to um, distance uh, her son from his people his from the deaf community um, so not, not particularly too much on Monday Wednesday was the uh, the main event <clears throat> wasn't it Wednesday was the controversial yes let's just say what happens and then we will talk oh, about it. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. So, the day of the operation, supposedly. Bernie's very excited about it, doing a little dance in the cafe or something. Gemma is still having doubts about it because of the whole drilling into the skull thing that's needed to get this implant jammed on in there. Um, so, later on, Frida goes to the cafe where Bernie's there with Daniel, just having a leisurely preschool coffee, as, as we all do. Um, and she's got this video of a child, a deaf child, who's hearing for the first time. And I think we've all seen These are really videos famous. like this, haven't we? Like, yeah, it. where the, the person sits there with the, the lady on the computer and then the the person's like, oh, oh just going to turn it on. And then and then they're like, can you hear the, Can you hear this? And then, and then the little kid's face just lights up. It's very, very cute. It's very heartwarming. Very, very so. But, so, but Frida, not so much. She says, it's not a magic wand, this, this operation, you know. He doesn't know what sound is, so he's hearing something, but he's not going to translate it. It's going to be weird for him. And she also, she also says those, they're really rare, those videos. It's like yeah, not everybody who has this implant is going to have that experience where suddenly it's like the angels are singing to them. She, she sees it as some kind of a propaganda from the, from the cochlear does, implant people. It does kind of seem like that. <laughs> and um, anyway, so she, Bernie says, well, you know, however it happens, at least it means that Alan's going to be normal again or some, <gasps> something to that effect. Yes, anyway, does. <laughs> that doesn't go down Oops. well in the slightest with Frida, who has now been labelled a freak pretty much by Bernie, you know, according to her. So Frida goes over to see Gemma, who's still fretting about what's going on with the quads and everything while this operation's going on. And Frida's like, don't worry, let me take Alid off your hands for a little bit. I'll take him for a walk and you can you can deal with the other kids for a bit. So she goes to the park and we have this lovely little scene with her meeting um, her deaf friend. I can't remember what the other one's called. I know the translator was called Lisa that turns up, the, the well, interpreter. The other person is the sign language teacher. Yeah, yeah that's she, she was, wasn't it, a I few weeks ago, wasn't she? So it was, it was a pretty silent scene, wasn't it? Well, the three of them have great. a conversation. Apparently, and, uh, if you wanted to understand what was going on, you either need to learn British sign language or you need to have put the subtitles put the on. subtitles on. Apparently they've they said what they said. But I think I, I, quite, I really enjoyed watching it just to see if I could figure out what they were saying. And fairly much, fairly could. We, you, this is when you picked up about Frida using the little chubby cheek um, sign for, for yeah. Alad's sign name, didn't you? 
Yes. Um, I was really proud of myself. Yeah. I was, um, I did, I think that my uh, perspective on Wednesdays was clouded by how smug I felt <laughs> for like <laughs> you realizing. You what was going on in that I mean, scene. number one, last week I picked up that Norris was glass, sunglasses, um, eyeglasses, yeah. you know. The thing about sign names is that they get given to you by other people. You mm. don't you don't get to pick them, but they're a part. They're sort of um, a a sign that you're part of the community. Mm. It's a very kind of special thing to have. Oh, so that a ties sign in very name. much with with what's going on here, yeah. then, doesn't it? So anyway, G- George comes over and um and he's. Um, he, he's he's had a bit of an argument with Frida or something. I thought that was the other storyline, the Norris storyline. And um, Lisa and he chat about Frida being worried about Alad, um, how the other person is teaching her son BSL. And, and George says, oh, uh, don't worry, Frida, everything's going to go all fine. I think talking about the funeral. Can I just say another there. thing? Yes. I don't know if everybody knows this or if it's obvious and I was just stupid, but it wasn't until like relatively recently, like a few years ago, that I found out that British sign language mm. or the, the sign language that's used in this country is different from it is the American countries. sign language like American yeah. sign like hearing people from America Canada and England if their English is their first language can obviously all understand each other and that's part of our shared culture but British sign language and American sign language are not the same and I always thought it was a bit of a shame that you know there's a barrier there between mm the deaf communities of our two countries when we have such a strong connection through our shared language. But, you know, I don't, I don't think that um, deaf people really care. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> they don't care. Um, so Frida sees Bernie later saying, oh, it's so great that Alid's going to be able to hear soon and they're going to be, Gemma won't have to worry with those, about those sign language lessons again. He's going to be able to fit in. He's going to be able to talk properly. And, and Frida's like doing the... Um, the bit in Kill Bill where the bride sees one of her enemies and they go, yeah, yeah, and and it was at this point, wasn't it? It's like, oh, I'm going to kidnap him, isn't she? Yeah. So Gemma comes over to the kebab shop later. She's getting a bit frantic because Frida's supposed to have returned Alid by this point and she's still not there. So she starts to worry that Frida's snatched him. Um, she has a go at Bernie for upsetting Frida and and is really starting to worry by this point. And they, and they decide maybe they've taken Alid back to Stillwater's, back to the retirement home. So she sends Chesney off there and he sods off for most of the rest of the episode. Um, they go, go on the Shame. hunt. I so, yeah, so we missed him so much. Bernie asks Ed after Frida and he's like, oh, I saw him in Victoria Gardens about an hour ago. So... Gemma then has a video phone call with Frida's friends, which was quite cool. She had the um yeah. the, the camera propped up on the, the cabin window, didn't she? And um, I, I couldn't remember. I was supposed to look this up, but I didn't. Frida's got the key to the community centre somehow. One thing I, can't, I, I don't know how that happened. That was kind of interesting it. about this scene was that um, when we've seen Gemma previously signing with Frida, I kind of got the impression that she's completely fluent in sign language. But when she was talking to the sign language teacher, she didn't know a lot of what, she was doing also. Yeah, but it was also so because think, it was on a tiny little video phone as yeah, well. Yeah, but I, also, I think that she's not as good at sign language. Well, what she, what she lacks in vocabulary, she makes up for in gusto, doesn't she, as we said last yeah. week. So Frida's at the community centre and then we cut to it. Yep, Frida is in there. She's, she's locked herself in. She's reading Alad a story or something or she's showing them a video or something. And she's signing, she, she's to, signing him, to him. Like, and she's saying, look, 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 here's some deaf people. Look, you're deaf and I'm deaf and they're deaf. And she's, it's like she's... I felt sorry for her. I, 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 I yeah, 
I felt sorry for Gemma as well. I've I've felt sorry for everybody in this situation, but not, yeah, no, it, not Chesney. It, it, I think for the the anti freedom people out there, which there were certainly a whole lot of, we discovered this week on social media. Yeah. It did. It kind of came across as if she was almost <laughs> brainwashing him, indoctrinating him into this culture that look, he I, didn't the, necessarily have to belong to. There are a lot of really weird takes about this episode i think all the... takes are valid but we were very I surprised think there some weird takes <laughs> on this. um anyway so Gemma starts banging on the window eventually so she's able to get frieda's attention but frieda's like no you're not coming <laughs> because i'm not having you take alice to go and get his this, this cochlear implant put in because it's gonna gonna distance him from the community blah, no, blah, no, blah, no, blah. no 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 we what? Did, no, she didn't say that at this point no she doesn't but i mean that um we, we should we, probably we can infer that this is why use this moment to say that we don't condone kidnapping. No. Because not really. you end up with a kid. <laughs> he wants one That's of those. That's not yours. Why would you why would you take someone else's kid? Why not try kidnapping? And, and I don't stuff. mean having a little sleep, just steal a cat. Steal someone else you. if you're gonna steal something, I'd say money, because you can use that anywhere. <laughs> Maybe Frieda's fun to sell Alledge is one of these rare deaf children. It's really low maintenance money is. <laughs> Um, um, never gives me trouble. So, so it's not having it that's the problem. Um, so Gemma goes and gets Lisa from the rover. She's having a chat with George or something. The interpreter, the gobby interpreter. Yes, and Lisa tries to reason with with Frida through the through the door, but she's like, "No, I'm not coming out." Bernie... Oh, but you missed out the really great line. She goes to the rovers, and Lisa's there with George, and um, she takes Lisa with her. And George is like, "Do you need me?" And he's and she says, "No one's dead yet." <laughs> thought that was funny. So Bernie is getting very irate by this point, starting calling Frieda a baby snatcher and everything. Frieda's saying, people aren't listening to what I'm saying. They're rejecting Aled. She, she does the whole thing of... Um, she gives a very impassioned speech. Th- th- they're the hearing people, but they're the ones that aren't listening, that kind of thing. She does. She starts saying that inside he is still deaf, and even if he gets these cochlear implants, he will still be a member of the deaf community, but he'll be kind of a half in, half out that they're, they're taking this this part of his identity away from him. She starts talking about when she grew up, she felt different. She struggled to lip read, which again, some people have taken to mean, so why are you taking, why are you subjecting Alad to this, to a life of difficulty? But she says, no, people, people just want to fix people like us, but we're not broken. And this is tying back to when Bernie said that she wasn't normal earlier. She want, they, they want to make her normal all her life. They want to make Alid normal. Well, sorry, I feel normal. I may deal with it. And, this, and, and Alid, same, he, he is who he is. And even if he gets this cochlear implant, he's still not going to hear in the same way as hearing people. He's still going to miss things. He's still going to be spending the whole of his life asking people to repeat things. He's going to lose his confidence. He's going to spend his whole life pretending he understands people so that he can fit in and feel ashamed of his condition. But if we keep him the way he is, people will... He'll be part of a a wider community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he'll be completely in the deaf community and they'll look after him because at the moment, I guess... Because cochlear implants are pretty new technology. Mm. There's not like... It doesn't feel like there's an established community of people who can support you. No. And I imagine everybody's going to be different with their cochlear implants too because the technology might change. You might have an older... You know, how does that work? Yeah, get an upgrade. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, if they're drilled into your skull... But the receptors might change. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. No, we don't know. Um. So, and, and she she says... If he if he gets this, then he he'll spend you know his childhood, his life 
people focus on trying to fix his speech so he'll miss out on the chance to you know grow in other ways he'll have a very set path why not keep him exposed to both the deaf community and the hearing community by you know just allowing him to carry on as normal really like what she's this saying, is what I've been listen, able to do what she's saying is in the deaf community Alid will be a normal child yeah in the hearing world you want him to live in, he won't be normal. He will be a child with a cochlear implant. Mm. He'll be a deaf child that can hear some things. Mm. And from that perspective, you think about what Frida's actually saying. She's part of the deaf world and Alid is a normal boy there. Yeah. And she says, even there's a bit where she says, um, I want him to be a first-rate deaf boy, not a second-rate hearing yes. boy. Yes, yeah, that was, a, that was a good line. Yeah. And, she... the, and I, you know, I know some, a lot of people don't agree with her and I don't necessarily agree with um, not giving him an implant at all. I think that would be a bad idea. But I certainly completely understand exactly what she's saying mm. here. Mm. So Bernie starts accusing Frida of being jealous and of, of Alad yeah. saying, well, you, you're you're just projecting your difficult upbringing and your feelings and, and your desire to, to to get out of the deaf community and you can't, it's too late. And and sorry, no, this is Alad's chance to... To make a di- to make a difference to turn a corner and he, he yeah this is when she says that she wants him to be a first class deaf well, boy. Well, also she says you want a, you is. want an implant. Yeah, you want an implant, but and, you can't and, have one. And, and um, Frida's she, like, I don't. I, don't want I, one. I, I I I've heard about them that they're they're not as good. You you yeah you'll be able to hear the tweeting of the birds, but it will be mechanical and it's not he's not going to be really really he- hearing. So if it's not real, then what's the point? And again, lots of people would disagree with that, and people might say, well, how does how does Frida know? And maybe this is just what she's been told and all this but she's very very passionate well, it's about it's not an it. uncommon belief in the deaf world mm. so this point so hooray. i think it's important what? that everybody listens to what she's saying even if you don't agree with her mm. because this is something we i've been saying for months and months and months when they first brought up alad having a cochlear implant i said this so, so i'm really glad that they've represented this but i'm so sad that it's been really misinterpreted by so many people Chesney turns up at this point saying, what's going on? He wasn't at Stillwaters. What have I missed? (laughs) Alan's missed his operation. He starts knocking on the window as well. And then then, uh, then Rita turns up. This this show is all about gingers coming on to save the day. Is it Craigie? Is it it Chesney? It's Rita comes over and she sympathises with Frida. She she says, come out. Rita's hair looks great. I wonder if she gets it done. (laughs) She says, Alan's lucky to have you, Frida. They all are. She gets the the lucky signal from uh, Lisa, doesn't she? It's like a thumb against the nose. Thumb to the nose. Yeah. And then the police come along. Yeah, this is when... Yeah, this this scene was all about just the gingers turning up, wasn't it? They just like unleash the gingers. It's not very rare. Chesney turns up first, then Rita, and then Craig's been out on a run, so he comes up a bit late. Than everyone else, she Frida basically hands herself in, and she ends up with a slap on the wrist. We find out at the end of the episode. I love but, this. It's like yeah, you can kidnap one. Yeah, you're a friend. It's okay. You didn't mean it. I don't. Yeah. So that so it then, wasn't made clear enough to me that. Surely, Gemma or somebody had input into whether or not Frida was going to get charged with kidnapping. Mm. Because it doesn't seem right to me that she can just take somebody's baby away and the police are like, look, you were doing kind, you know, it's an impassioned speech. People weren't listening to you. Had to, I mean, we, I feel the same way. Sometimes people don't listen to you. You have to take their baby away from them. <laughs> really focuses their attention on you. I don't know whether Gemma had anything to do that. I can't remember whether they mentioned anything, but I know that she was tied up with Chesney for a bit during the end of the Seems episode. Crazy. Ch- Chesney's gone off on one, and Gemma's 
feeling a little bit more understanding of Frida's situation and Chesney's like, no, we're not having her anywhere near our kid again. She's a nutcase. One thing I want to say is that when Frida was saying this, you know, I I, I want Alid to carry on learning sign language and I want Alid to um, understand his deaf heritage. Gemma was saying, yes, yes, of course, I would never stop uh, learning as a sign. I, I don't want to stop. And... Chesney and Bernie were like, well, actually, it's kind of boring. And well, Chesney's like found it work. difficult, hasn't he? Yeah. He's never really got the knack of it. So he's he's thinking, well, if, you know, if he gets his implant, then I don't have to try with that anymore. Yeah. But I just wanted to point out that Gemma was agreeing with what Frida wanted. Yeah. I think Frida's actions in this episode were certainly fueled in, in quite a large part by Bernie's behaviour, which she just so happened to overhear in... In true soap tradition. Yeah, so really it's Bernie's fault. It is all Bernie's fault. Not much to this story on Friday. It kind of gets mixed up with the with the funeral stuff, doesn't it? And whether Gemma's going to come up, turn up to the funeral and or not, which, which she does. Which she does. They they yeah, they meet up at the bistro afterwards, and they're about the only two people that aren't arguing. By the time we get to Norris's wake, they say they're going to be friends, and um, and Gemma's going to get a, an app on the phone for teaching BSL or something. So fortunately, BSL but, app. Yeah, there is. Fortunately for Alid, according to according to Gemma and Chesney, um, he can still get this operation. He wasn't put to weeks. the bottom of the queue. A couple of weeks' time, he'll be able to get the implants. And I think Frida, by the end of it, is kind of accepting of this. Yeah. So it was all for nothing, really. <laughs> anyway. What are we going to say about this? Well, I, th- I think from what we've said so far, and what, what we've been, you put it on the Facebook group anyway, and I've stayed fairly quiet about it so far, is that um, I really, really loved Wednesday's I episode. it was great. Uh, my, my, my summary of Corrie on the whole this week was um, Monday was like, Mers and stuff, wasn't that into it. Um, Friday, I will reserve judgment until we get to the main story. But Wednesday, I bloody loved it. I was watching it again. This is a really strong episode. I've 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 always loved Frida. Ever, I mean, she's been in the, in the show ten plus years, on and off, obviously. And I I always um, I, she she's just a character that clicked with me. She was kind of a bit cheeky and a bit fun to begin with, and and the and the and the spatting that she had with Norris in the early days when she came back a few years ago and did the whole urn oh, and Mary did the whole urn toss thing. I think they'd made Frida go down a bit of a nasty route which I didn't quite like but I've really really enjoyed her inclusion in this death storyline I, I found the Aled story the little snippets that we've seen of it because it really has been snatches here and there this year hasn't it I found it fascinating and I've really really enjoyed learning about the deaf community I've I've loved having all the British sign language on it trying to work out what they're saying and it's it's not anything that I've ever had to really think about before. I've not had any experience with deaf people in my life. I've not had deaf children in my class or anything. But I've really, really found it great. And so this episode, which was entirely dedicated to it, um, I was just, I was enthralled by it, honestly. I, I thought it was so, so good. And I was, um, I've got this little document on our computer where I type down scenes that I particularly enjoy in the year. So at the end of it, we can say what was some of the best scenes of the year. And I I loaded up Frida's speech scene thinking, this is bloody good. Whoever wrote, I can't remember who it was that wrote it. I probably should have found this out. Um, I I don't remember possibly. And um, I was thinking, this is a really, really well written scene. I so sympathise with Frida. I I think it was, um, I mean, it's it's not going to be a, you know, Gail, Ken, BAFTA 
nominated speech or anything, especially not after the reaction it generally got on Twitter. But um, I thought it was fab. And then after the ep- and and we and we kind of turned to each other after the episode, and we were going. That that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, I love Frida. You love Frida, and then we went on social media afterwards. It was and like it, a dumpster it, fire. It, it seems that most people did not agree with us. <laughs> no, but I am standing by my my decision on this. I, I stand by my viewpoint, and I totally get what people are saying, and and I think. Um, but people are saying that it misrepresented the deaf community. It's kind of taken taken their cause back ten years because I think that's it, it's wrong. painting Frida as a kidnapper and and she how dare she um, say uh-huh. that that Alex shouldn't have his implant? It's not down to her. She's just some you know, nosy old bat kid. She's stolen the kid. It's down to Gemma and Chesney, and they want him to have the implant and everything. But I was like, no, she she knows what she's talking about. I, I like her. Um, which probably doesn't count for much if, if I was um, defending her in court. But um, no, I, I thought it was great. And I, I felt so sorry for her. And, and, and there's the whole, she's going through the grieving process with Norris, which we were obviously supposed to take as, you know, um, an excuse for why she behaved somewhat erratically and irrationally on Wednesday's episode but to be honest I wasn't really even thinking about Norris too much while she was going through this all I heard was somebody who was desperately trying to get people to see to 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 listen to her and hear her point of view and just somebody who felt so such a strong bond with their community and 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 this little kid who she's developed quite a soft spot for is being torn away from it I loved it and what do, what, 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 what do you have to say? I don't know if this is going to offend some people, but there, I feel like there's a bit of a parallel here between um, perhaps people who adopt children from a different country or background or culture to theirs. And then are you going to teach your child about mm. their... Because their, really, deaf heritage is no less a culture or heritage than being from a different country and if you're not in the deaf community you don't know anything about it you might not understand but it really really is a culture it's it's a culture of its own and um you know protecting it is what Frida wants to do and it comes very naturally to people to defend their way of life and their and their culture and I, 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 if people are struggling to understand what what Frida's trying to say perhaps thinking of it in that way might might cause you to to view it differently because Frida doesn't see being deaf as being just a disability or being a disability at all in fact no no not at all it's a way that it's something that makes things slightly more difficult for her to interact with people but it it's a culture it's and it's who she is it's her it's her down to the core and it's who Alid is as well and she panicked on Wednesday. And I don't want this to be an apology for what for kidnapping a kid. It's so stupid. I wish Coronation Street hadn't really done this this part of it because I feel as though people are not focusing on what Frida was actually saying, which is unfortunate because she's been saying this for months. And she's been trying to point this out. And this is the first time anybody listened to her because she kidnapped the kid. Mm. And even then people weren't listening to what she was actually saying. And some people on on Facebook, uh, on Twitter and things, were sort of accusing her of misrepresenting deaf people. But this isn't... Those people were saying, oh, now now people are going to say deaf people are all a bunch of kidnappers or well, whatever. why would you even think that? That's just Some such a prejudiced thing to say. Some people were saying that, but say. not everybody, of course. That's such a ridiculous 
thing, honestly, overblown thing to say. That so nobody's watching that, thinking that about deaf people. And if that's your concern, relax. That's not what's happening. I think the other. Th- I just, I just think that people who are watching it and defending and attacking it to defend deaf people need to actually speak to deaf people and and hear what they have to say about their culture because. It, and I'm not saying that all deaf people think no, that's No, that's the thing as well, because we really we've seen comments from different opinions yeah. from different areas of the deaf community. Yes. Some people have said, I'm deaf, I'm hard of hearing, I've got a hearing aid, whatever, and I it's completely... No, 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 sorry, I, I completely slate Frida. I, I disagree fine. completely with what she's saying. How dare she try and pre- prevent Alad from hearing? She's kidnapped him, lock her out, throw away the key. Yet we've had other people saying, I'm in the same boat as Frida. I completely sympathise with her. Why are people acting totally, like she's yeah. being unreasonable here? I sympathise with her, but I don't agree with her. And I certainly don't think that Alad should be denied cochlear implants. Another thing I saw were, were people saying, um, and it seems to be a lot of people talking on behalf of other people and they don't really know if this is what people really think or not, which is kind of annoying. So you've got people talk, saying you're you're damaging the deaf community without actually asking deaf people. And also people saying you're, you're making parents who are getting cochlear implants for their child feel guilty. I don't know. I don't... I mean... It's, if you're if you're in that position, you will have heard both sides of it. You you'll have yeah. made that decision, and it's and down it, to you. Just like it's down to Gemma and Chesney at the end of the day, which is why it's, Frida can say what she wants, but, but she was is, wrong to stop it. She's but. still yeah, she's still going to get Gemma's still going to get these implants. So it's not. I, I would I would argue that I don't think that this is going to make people feel guilty because they, like you say, would already already be aware of the situation. It's just shining light on it for people who perhaps didn't ever think about this or consider it yeah at the end of the day as well it is a soap so when the whole kidnapping thing happened i was like oh it's a kidnapping and maybe yeah. that's wrong it's, and and, well, and that that's the same side of me who when we had the trial story a few weeks ago i was going Oh, it's Imran versus Sabine. <laughs> and other people are saying, no, get it's that out. That is disrespectful to the Sophie to the... Lancaster story. Exactly. And I totally get that. But my soap loving part of me is like, going, oh, yeah, the bit of drama. I love it. And it's characters that I'm interested in. And, and, and Gemma has really gone up in my estimations again this year. She, she, I don't love her as much as I used to, but um, I'm not... I'm not rolling my eyes and groaning when Gemma comes on the screen anymore. I'm actually quite liking it. I'm really, really loving how she's doing the signing and, and I hope that she does keep it up. I, the thing, I don't know if he gets his implants, will they need to keep it up? That, that's, that's the thing. And, and maybe this is what Frieda's worried about as well. If he can hear, why do it? Uh, and, unless, I mean, they're, they're, if she's got that's friends... That's like asking, why would you want your child to be bilingual? I suppose if they've got strong enough links with other children in the deaf community, they may well want to keep up with it. But if Gemma is you know, fobbing off going to deaf playgroup, then I, I'm not sure whether she, she really does that much. Well, no, because she was trying to do the cochlear implant stuff. Yeah, yeah, well. she was. But because I, the, the operation was coming straight. I, I, don't know, I, I'm, I don't know whether Alad's got many deaf friends. He, he's so young, isn't he? We don't he? know. We don't he, know anything about it. He, he's, he's what, he's two now maybe, just about... Anyway, I thought this was a really... I really enjoyed this. I thought it was dramatic and fun and soapy and silly and um, poignant and um, overblown. I feel 
I'm upset that the message didn't really land. I don't think it's fair to put the blame on anyone in particular. You know, you could say, oh, the writing, you know, um, the, the, the scenario with... shouldn't have been the kidnapping. Or you can say people were not receptive to um, her message. You know, it's the, is it the viewer's fault? Is it the writer's fault? I don't, you know. That could, the, the question is, I suppose, could they have got the same message across from Frida and had her be as passionate as she was if she hadn't kidnapped the baby and she was just... You know, in a room with Gemma or something. And you know, the only way I can think is, you know, running in front of them in the hospital and saying something. I don't know. This is the choice that they made with this storyline. It, it I, made it difficult for people to sympathise with Frida and I don't think that a lot of people took much away I have, from... I, I would say as well, trapping her in the, in the community centre gave her kind of a podium... To, to say her piece, didn't it? And, it? and if there'd been anywhere else, people could have just ignored said, screw her. you, Frida, I'm going, and ignored her but again. And... This is the thing. She said this. She's, she's tried to say this multiple times before and nobody's listened to her. Mm. At least this way they had to listen to what she said, whether yeah. they agreed with her or not. Something else that, that you mentioned as well about who, who, to, who to blame. Is it, is it the, uh, the writers or the storylines or whatever? I, I think it would be foolish to think that Coronation Street hadn't consulted... Members of the deaf did. community, we know that they did this kind of story. You're not just going to say, uh, "Yeah, maybe I think I know a bit about deaf people." My my granny was deaf. I'm I'm going to write this, or, or you know that they would have worked with and did work with well, we people from the did. deaf community. Well, go on. What do we? Well, know? no, we just I don't want to reveal too much about. I don't, um, uh, I don't know how much has been revealed, but yeah, clear they have. I, d- I know Street that has people involved in this intimately are concerned with representing a deaf perspective yeah it wasn't just thrown together from a from um a very knowledgeable um uh point of view you know it's not somebody that's just done what i've done and watched a youtube documentary (laughs) and decided they're an expert it's not like you know the school one where it's like i went to school once i can write a school scene with daniel and max that's fine yeah they did research about this everybody some people think the same way as frida some people don't deal with it and 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 for this because it was there was they wanted to create the drama and the tension and everything they decided to have frida have an opposing view to Gemma and chesney and Maybe it would have been a bit boring and if I they'd just, all agreed it would have been a good idea to have the cochlear implant. I do find it quite bizarre how easily people seem to want to dismiss Frida's perspective on this. Mm. She's the expert on this. She knows what she... she's. How can you look at a deaf woman in the eye and just say, well, your opinion's irrelevant? I think people are saying the same as Bernie, that she is jealous of Aled and she wishes this technology had been around when she was younger and if it had then you'd have jumped at the chance to get it you're just projecting your fears onto him and everything and and maybe there is an element to that the the reason that she feels so passionately about the deaf community is that it has been a you know a support to her for the last 60 years or whatever so no wonder she's defending it so strongly I just I, I don't I just have a lot of sympathy for her and I don't think that we should stand in the way of progress and helping people like Alad to have a life that is less limited mm-hmm. but I can't just as the same way I feel about other people who have um cultures or lifestyles that are being uh 
phased out by the march of progress and time. Well, you mentioned to me yesterday a, a good point, and maybe I, I don't think this is getting too insensitive or anything, or, or silly or sci-fi or whatever, but oh. in, in, in the future, if everybody's got these chips in their brains that allows them to, you know, access the internet just through their brains or communicate telepathically with everyone, some people will say, no, I don't want that. Or, or maybe well, somebody, some people's bodies will reject these chips, but then a new chip comes and, and that will work with them. And actually, no, I prefer to be the chip-plus ones. I, well, just imagine, you know, in 50 years' time, they invent something that means that you can communicate telepathically with people and it's just a... And everybody goes online and you don't actually need to yeah. talk. We'll be, like, saying, no, I like we'll talking. We'll be the yeah. I want to be able to speak to people. I don't want to read your mind. I don't want you to read my mind. No. Our culture is not reading minds. I just think it's a bit of a weird... I, I don't know if it really comes across very well the way it's, we're explaining it, but if you put yourself in the perspective it's, of somebody, like you being left behind by technology moving forwards, and, and even if it would improve your life, it would fundamentally change who you are as a person. And that's what Frida's trying to say. Mm. You don't have to agree with her. This is what I think people don't understand. You don't have to agree. You just have to listen to her perspective and acknowledge that's what she wanted in the end at the end of the day Gemma's still getting the cochlear implant and Frida's fine with it but she just wanted to be heard and mm. we keep saying heard listen to speaking up all these you know all these <laughs> terms that aren't really uh, suitable for a story about <laughs> this but you know it's a figure of speech and I don't think Frida would mind well, I think she said it herself didn't she? <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say that I think that some really lovely little um story details got missed in the kind of uh excitement of the kidnapping but one of the things that i don't think that people might have picked up on too, too well is alid's sign name which Gemma had oh, as yeah, 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 ad and when Gemma told lisa the interpreter that was alid's sign name Lisa had this kind of disgusted look on her face. I loved Lisa. She, I thought she was fab. Some people didn't like her, but I thought she, she was brilliant. Really great actress. I keep her. I just want everybody in this storyline to stay. I, I, I didn't. I didn't expect this storyline to grab me and. Um, well, there you and, go. And interest me as much as it did. Anyway, she said she used the name to Frida, mm. but Frida had already given Alad a sign name, which was Chub Cheek, like a chubby cheek, like pinch your cheek. Mm. Now, the reason that Lisa was kind of to the sign name of AD is that it's a really crap sign name for a kid. I was looking on Reddit and there was a user who seems to be part of the deaf community and they basically said using AD to sign Alid's name is like calling your baby like baby A. It's like really unimaginative and um almost an insulting very anonymous kind of name mm. and it just demonstrated why frida was so anxious about his future as a deaf child because Gemma hadn't really understood or picked up on this sign name that he had been given mm. and to be fair though doing a little chubby cheek thing on a baby isn't the most original is it? i think your sign names will change i think they change as you get as you i would hope so that by the time when he's you know when he goes to university when he's 18 what's your name chubby cheek but it was it's a it it, it kind of illustrates um frida's intense affection yes 
Absolutely, no, I totally agree. I, I jest, but definitely, it, and she did, and that's in a way as well why I wasn't so horrified by the fact that she kidnapped him. You knew that soapiness aside, he was going to be fine, and and I felt when when she was when she was showing him that story, the video or whatever, and she was like, okay, he's deaf and, 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 and you're deaf and I'm deaf and we're deaf together. I, I, my heart melted for her. And, and I, I just felt so sad going online later and people, you know, death threats to Frida and say, I hope, I hope we never see Frida again. Buddy ate Frida. Frida's the worst Coronation Street character ever. I, this is the worst episode of Coronation Street in any television I've ever seen. And I'm like, no, I love Frida. I've, I've, I've always had... With a, with a minor blip, a real affection for Frida. So maybe, maybe if I hated Frida before this, I'd be, you know, singing from a different hymn sheet. Is that a phrase? No, you know what I mean. I don't know. It all just, um, yeah, all, all just was a bit of a, a dumpster fire mess, like you said. But um, it came from what I consider to be a really well done, very well done episode of Coronation Street. And, and I'm sorry for all the people that are listening and shaking their head or maybe turned off at this point, but... It's not often that I... I understand why people didn't like this, and I get what... I get that Frida and other people like her, their opinions on cochlear implants, it's a very confronting and um, unexpected reaction. We're so used to disabled people, um, or people with disabilities, asking or or, um, being grateful... For any kind of technology that can make their lives more easier, yeah? Mm. We're not used to a disabled person saying, actually, no, I don't want that. This is how I am and I want to stay this way. And I think that um, not listening to them is such a massive mistake. And I think people are a bit prejudiced. And when they have those prejudice challenged, they don't like it. I, I honestly think that some people think, oh, you should be grateful. You should just accept it, the help and, you know, your... Um, you're making life more difficult for everybody else if you don't accept this help as well. I think there's an element. I think of that. that is for some people, but I don't want people, people listening to that. this to say that we're just you know slagging off everybody who hated the storyline. Absolutely no, not. I, you're very much entitled to that opinion. You are entitled but... to, but some of those comments that I saw online definitely <laughs> fell into that. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, some I of just, them did. I find it. Yeah. Okay. I I don't. If you didn't like if you didn't like the storyline, that's cool. But you you just do need to acknowledge that. This is an opinion, whether you agree with it or not. Mm. It doesn't matter. This is the other thing. It doesn't really matter whether you agree with it or not. Because, honestly, and this is probably why Frida and people like her are so obsessed about it. The the progress will, like a wave, wash this away. Mm. The deaf community is going, sadly, to decline because of cochlear implants. And a new community this is the other thing that Frida probably hasn't really considered, that a new community will replace it of people who are deaf but can hear. And it's scary for Frida, this new world that she can't be a part of. Mm. And it's sad that deaf culture will change, but it's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it is. I, I agree. Um, I, I just insulted everybody. No, oh, we, we, we did give the warning at the beginning. It has some controversial opinions in this. Well, the thing Gigi... is, I think it was such a, it, it was such a vitriolic response, mm. and I felt as though a lot of it was misunderstanding what the what was being said. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I'm the first to criticise Coronation Street. I I do this podcast every week, and I say what I like it, but 
quite so often. I'm like, that was rubbish. That wasn't funny. They were trying to do, to be funny there, to try and add suspense there, doing work. So when something comes and grabs me and, and I really love it, I want to sing from the rooftops that I love it. And I hope that this isn't the last we've seen of Frida, but, you know, with, with Aled maybe getting the implants, Norris's funeral happened, we, we could very well have just, seen the last of Frida now. So people who want to, you know, get rid of her, you've probably got your wish. Some people thought it was preachy and some people didn't like it and thought that Frida was ranty. I hope maybe if you thought that, maybe listening to what we said from a different perspective might have changed your mind. If it hasn't, that's fine. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, everyone can have their own opinion about this. But I think the reason why we spent a lot of time explaining our opinion is because I haven't really seen it said a lot online. No. It's it's out there. I mean, we we see, I've got definitely got a few people on our Facebook group that also really love Wednesday's episode as well. But this that's what we thought. Well, I don't want to be I don't want to be preaching. I don't want to put people down who didn't like it because I'm also a bit annoyed that there was a potential here to teach people about a different point of view in an, in a kind of less confronting and non threatening way. Yeah, but it didn't. It wasn't. It done that way. It was done for maximum entertainment that's value. The thing, that's but, the thing, and, and, and I was. And we thought it was great, but then we were already receptive to what um, Frida was, was saying because yeah. of how much I've been bloody going on on about this. <laughs> and I just, I, I just can't see the harm in allowing deaf people to express their opinions on this. But hang on, I can see the harm in stopping a child from having an implant because you're ranting in a community centre and you kidnapped the <laughs> child in question. So yeah, don't do that again, that. Frida. I think she's learned a lesson. I think she, she might have done. Yeah. Oh, dear. So what else has Frida been getting up to this week, Gemma? I just feel like I've upset a lot of people. No, no I said to fine. you, I'm, I said to you earlier in the week, I didn't want to talk about this, I didn't think I? we've explained ourselves pretty well. I said, I'm kind I of fed up with Coronation Street... <laughs> doing these issue storylines that force us to have these conversations about subjects that we're not we exactly don't know anything about on. it and i'm only trying my best to to learn as we watch the program and everyone's allowed their own opinion on things it just gets really i just get fed up with talking around in circles about stuff well let's move on then because this next storyline is offend is people that don't think funerals are comedy <laughs> Coal in and a I hole, Gemma. Did he get better or did he get cremated in the end? I don't even think we, don't think we knew. Because Coronation but. Street hasn't really thought about the people who all also this week were burying their favourite news agents. <laughs> Go on, over to you. Oh, oh on there may well be there may well be bits in these notes that where they should be in the notes for the other one. For example, my first note here says Frida tells Rita she's booked the interpreter. That should be in the other storyline, really, but. There was crossover. It was I like the way that Frida booked Lisa for the funeral so that Norris's friends could hear, could understand what was going on. And literally, she was the only book <laughs> I know, I know. Who was watching Lisa when she was... Because there was a bit where Billy was talking and and we saw the audience from his... Well, from, from so the view of the coffin. Yeah. And everyone was looking at Billy apart from Frida, who was looking at Lisa. <laughs> But anyway. So selfish. She's so selfish. Um, she's not, she at least was doing it for free, wasn't she? I think she said earlier this week. So. George brings the orders of service for Frida to look at, but he's got the date of birth wrong. And oh, Frida's mad. This didn't help. She was anxious about the funeral. Yeah, well, People she was mad went. about everything that happened And Mary, Mary was, as well, yeah. was taking charge 
you know, going back to the previous storyline, she felt completely out of control about everything. Mm. Um, but the only thing that was kind of a something that could never be undone was Ali getting his cochlear implant. And I think that she focused on the only thing that she could control, which was not necessarily the thing that yeah. it was her business. Yeah, whatever. She couldn't bring Norris back to life this week. Oh, dear. He was, <sighs> he was nailed into that coffin, wasn't he? Couldn't open well, the coffin. Well, they sealed to... it. I tried to look this up. Can you unseal the coffin? I tried to look this up, and it's. I think there's like a ceremonial and administrative process that actually happens when you seal a coffin. Uh, I don't think it's quite... It's just bang a few nails in and go out. If it was, then that's how you solve the vampire problem, isn't it? Wait until they go to bed, hammer a few nails, and it's like, sorry, mate, <laughs> you're stuck in there now. Well, if only you'd been around when they were doing Dracula. <laughs> George tells Mary what's going on, and she offers to go to the viewing, because Frida's not up for it, apparently. And then uh, she's been to see him. Um, she's teary. She witters on about there's a flickering light in the Chapel of Rest. Um, she she's she's talk, she doesn't want to kind of talk about it. She's she's wittering on about this this flickering light. I think light it was she a doesn't ghost. Want to, uh, she doesn't want to talk about her truth. Well, he says he doesn't this, look like she. He doesn't look like this she, is a lovely scene. Go on, sorry. He doesn't look like she remembered him, and this is when George does a really touching mini speech about he doesn't look like he he used to because the things that made him Norris have left. And it's just his body remind behind, and all the things that you remember will live with you as long as you remember him. I thought that that was the best scene I of the whole that. week in this story, and maybe that's giving my um, early thoughts on how Fridays went. But I thought that was so well done. Mary was toned down; she wasn't her usual wailing storytelling self. It was some some raw emotion about her lovely friend who's gone and it it did spades for George's character as well because he wasn't there pulling his, you know, faces or anything. He was showing that he did have a bit of sensitivity sensitivity to him actually could do the serious scenes. I really, really appreciated that scene. Ken's written an obituary for the Gazette and Frieda's feeling a bit insecure about everything because everybody had history on the street and she Norris barely had knew history him. on the street she's like I'm, I'm i'm here with all your with all these friends and i've only known him for a little bit but you've known him for so long i feel like you know i'm an outsider or something on wednesday george tells frida that he and george are going on a deaf awareness course um and i think he said it like i'm going on a deaf awareness course <laughs> she says she wants to see the body see this is what i think kind of triggered the kidnapping um, she wanted to see the body, but it, the coffin's already been sealed and Todd tried to ring her, but he left a bloody voice message. By well, the way, Michael, are you going to say you... It, yeah, I would say that most phones probably, and I only know iPhones. Gemma got a new iPhone today, everybody. She's got an iPhone 13 Pro. Um, you can retra- get your phone to transcribe voicemail. So when Frida's I'm like, sure how am I supposed to... She would have the had technology this. and the she... knowledge that she could... But anyway... Never mind. Also, I've, this is my first new phone since for six years. So Gemma's last phone was an iPhone six S, and she was she was kind of overdue. Yes, I don't know why you're telling people I've got a new iPhone. I don't know, just some new things that have happened to us. People this are going to come and steal my a new house, now. Got a new phone. Mm-hmm. Billy gets the okay to do the service. He goes over to see Audrey. He's looking through photos. Gail phones up because she's coming back for it. Everyone, Gail's not here. Um, and she's got bad hair. How can you tell? She comes through the door, she's got a hat on. Yes, she's back. 
Then she puts Back on from a Thailand for Norris. She puts on a a towel, not very well, and they have a little bit of a sad moment and the reminisce, and it was very nostalgic. That was nice yeah. and really well done. And I think a lot of people that was their favorite moment of Wednesday's episode. Yeah, I and I honestly that, also think that, that people nice. um, like were so mad about the Frida stuff. And it's fine if you're mad about the Frida stuff. I, I feel really bad. I don't want anyone to feel like I'm diminishing your. You're really not. I think you people... can be mad about it, but just um, hopefully the bits about Alid's sign name will kind of uh, might interest you if you didn't pick up on it because you were so furious. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, um, that was a really good moment, and I think it got lost, like I said, with the fury of Frida being a kidnapper. Roy and Bernie end the episode talking about the funeral and Roy's hoping it will be a fitting send-off. Mm. For an old friend. <laughs> thought that was a I'm dramatic pause there. Energy. We, 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 we finished this story, we have another drink again. I On think. Friday, Rita's put the picture of Norris up in the Paperboy thing. The little stand Normally the there'd be a sign in there that's like, aliens land on Red Wreck. <laughs> Brian said, local resident Brian says, told you so. Um, or cat stolen from. Well, isn't it um, MLN uh, scheme brought down by. Local journalist. <laughs> journalist. <laughs> but isn't that all about Norris today? Uh, parking scandal rocks Weatherfield. Yes, that's the other one, this isn't it? This time it says, goodbye, old friend. Or, how about this? What it should say is. Deaf woman kidnaps baby. <laughs> yeah. Gets slap on wrist. Yeah, there's a massive cover up there, wasn't there? She probably was number one. So. <laughs> she's got friends in high places. Well, I saw Rita was the one. She's she sympathised with Frida, didn't she? She was the one that yeah. came. So she's like, I'll cover that up. Yeah. I think. <laughs> um, she and Audrey talk about how they broke the mold when they made him. Norris, not the paper boy. I hope they didn't break the mould when they made the Paperboy because they need another this. one. I'm mad about I'm, I don't know if I'm sadder about Norris or the Paperboy <laughs> this week. I've really got to stop sitting in my grief here. Um, they all gather. Mary is wearing her Star Wars outfit, which was to do with getting married or something. It was and when, she and, when she and Norris were, were getting married. Remember that brilliant storyline, everyone, that wasn't at all utterly ridiculous? They decided to pose what? for a Listen, variety of I photos say... to make out that they were in love and they had lovely great times together. And one of them just was... Just like that, green card. And one of them was a stage photo of them dressed as Star Wars characters. So this is a bit of a callback to that. You get madder and more um, emotionally invested in, in getting morally judgmental about <laughs> that story than Frida kidnapping Alan. Yeah. That goes to, if you didn't know our priorities were completely skewed, now you do. They should have just wheeled out um old Vic Reeves for this story actually. Why where was he for the morning? <laughs> um continue. Thank you. They go to the chapel. Can I just say how mad I am also that in my mind the fu- the funeral carriage arrives, this kind of black hearse with the horses and on top is the is the stapler the floral tribute in yellow and i'm really mad because in my head the stapler was open (laughs) (laughs) and it was closed in on the top of the coffin and i had this really vivid picture in my mind of the stapler open and when it was closed i was like that's not a stapler oh yeah that's what they look like staplers are generally closed i know they they? are (laughs) i imagined it bigger well 
I thought that was it a was nicely a done scene. All it was, round, wasn't it? That was quite a touching moment. Everyone's standing out, paying their respects. Leanne gets her episode count, you know, by oh, she making did a her appearance. She does a little sad nod. nod. Yeah. <sighs> also, as an ex-cabin employee, Leanne. Yeah. They're all in the chapel later, and Claudia is talking about how Norris used to play badminton, and Audrey has your hip flask, and Gail takes a drink of it, and she's expecting brandy. Actually, it's tequila. Billy is there because he's a vicar, and this is probably the first vicaring he's done. He's an archdeacon, don't you know? Oh, Norris sorry. should be honoured. He is honoured. <laughs> this is the per- first proper archbishoping we've ever seen him doing. Yeah, no, not deacon, archdeacon, deacon. <laughs> he's not the archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> he couldn't come. It's arch. I always thought arch was under, but it's not. Is it above? Like the arch, I always thought the archdeacon is like lower than the deacon. I don't, I don't know. No, higher. Is it higher or lower? Higher. Yeah. Well, archbishop well, arch- is more than a bishop, isn't it? The archbishop of Canterbury is like the head guy, yeah, from the queen. But so, but but the. But and the the archangel the archangel Gabriel is at the top of the angels, isn't it? Yeah, but why is the archbishop? Maybe. Why is the archdeacon not higher than a deacon then? I don't know. What does arch mean? I don't know. Doesn't matter. What's Billy Gert? I thought arch was like an arcane way of being like super uber, like the uber deacon. Well, what if, it, what if you're my um, my arch enemy? <laughs> yeah, you're my super enemy. I mean, you're, you're the worst one. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe Archdeacon's like the worst deacon. Yes, and that's why they gave the job to Billy. We've solved oh, this. Oh, He's the Archdeacon. <laughs> He's like the deacon's worst enemy. Okay, that makes sense now. We've okay, we've cleared one. it. We've cleared it up. <laughs> uh, Norris has left instructions for how he wanted everything to go. And the first is everybody singing The Rivers of Babylon. Classic tune. So it, we, we, we learn as the service goes on that Norris decided to put all the songs on there that he didn't like because he doesn't have to be there to listen to it. Oh, Which I kind of liked. Well, Where's Angels by Robbie Williams. Yeah, if I went there, I'd have Angels, I'd have my way. I'd have all the classics. <laughs> Rita stands up to say her bit as Gemma arrives and Rita talks about working with him, how he was with her during her brain tumour problem. Hashtag save Rita. And she's going to miss him. And then... Billy says... Do you remember when everyone was hashtag say Rita in? I think, remember people, we were, kind of thought we were a little bit worried that this was going to be the end of Rita. She's fine. Five, is it five, how long has it been? Three, four, five years later? What, a while. Still going strong. Billy says... Roy, um, Norris wrote down his final speech and he wants the pillar of the community to read it out. A man that everyone admires and, and thinks very highly of. And Ken's like... He's straightening his tie. arrange my cufflinks. <laughs> and then he says, and Roy, he, uh, Norris wants you to read it. So Roy gets up and reads it out. That was quite like at Derek's funeral, wasn't it? Because um, wasn't it, was it, was it in that one that Ken... Was it that Ken was supposed to be saying a speech at Derek's funeral and then Norris is the one that jumps up? I can't remember who it was now, but Norris definitely wasn't supposed to do the speech at Derek's funeral. And he leaps up there. So I wonder whether it was a callback to that as well. Um, he says, Norris says, I have a, had a wonderful life. Thank my loved ones, like Frida. Had some fun times with you. You bashed me about organising my funeral. I've chosen songs I don't stand, I don't like. And then he, he says this bit to Mary, and where he says, you always used to moan at me about my funeral. And I said, I wanted you to wear Princess Leia outfit as a joke, and you, but you would never be so stupid as to do that. 
She's sitting there in her Princess Leia outfit with her arms folded, looking really grumpy. <laughs> then he says, oh, my secret is I've got something hidden inside the paper boy. Here's my last word to the sunshine of my life, Rita. Um, we always There was always a bit of sexual tension between us, but I think we got away with it. And the final thing I'll reveal is that she used to go to Claudia to get her colour done. And Audrey, by this point, is completely off her face. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts ranting at Rita. And they all get back to the bistro for the wake. Audrey's still knocked off. Ken tries to shush them up. Audrey huffs off. Rita does a monologue about being old. And it's not as much, not everything it's cracked up to be, but I've heard bad things about it all round, to be honest. He's like, oh, who's going to be next? There's only a few old characters left in the programme. I know. And we're basically all here. Oh, God. Ken finds a weepy Mary and they say, let's go look inside the paper boy. And they can't figure out how to get inside. So Mary has an idea and she gets a chainsaw, but she's too drunk to operate it. So Brian takes over, chops the head off. There's nothing inside. It turns out that it was all a ruse because Norris hated the paper boy and he wanted them to destroy it. And then they sing goodbye. Not the Spice Girls song. I thought that the funeral was a load of rubbish. Did you? Yeah, and we haven't spoken about this, have we? We basically just watched the episode and started recording. So I've got no idea what you thought, but I was so let down by it. It wasn't as silly as it could have been, but it was fairly silly. And last week on the podcast, I talked about something that I'd seen, which gave me kind of a bit of nervous feelings about how this was going to go and that was Mary dressed in a Star Wars Princess Leia get-up and I thought if that's going to, you know, set in the tone for the funeral, it's not going to be a good time. And to be fair, I thought that maybe it would have been like mega uber silly with her dressed up like that, which I think was completely ridiculous and stupid and why would she wear oh, that? Did well, you? I, thought, I thought it was so silly. So stupid but it, but it wasn't, but, baby. Um, but the, the, the stuff with Audrey mm-hmm. having a drink, I, that just didn't fit. And I, I, and I feel like I'm being a bit of an old fuddy-duddy conservative grump again, like when I was saying, oh, they disrespected Pat Phelan's memory a few, <laughs> few weeks ago. But I thought this kind of was to Norris as well. And I know he was a comedy character and everything, but I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not against always having com- comedic funerals. I thought that um, uh, Lewis Archer's funeral was fantastic when all the, all the old widows were having a tussle with his coffin. I love that. But it just <laughs> did this did not hit the right notes for me in the slightest. And some of it was because yeah, Mary there and some of it was Gail bring how how to make something less serious bring Gail back for it to pull some silly faces during it in inappropriate moments. It, and then the bits that were supposed to be serious, they just they just didn't hit the right notes for me. And I'm not sure what it is, but I didn't kind of, I wasn't feeling like, oh, Norris, I'm so sad that you're gone. And I didn't have, you know, my wobbly bottom lip or anything. It just left me cold. Was it the script? Was it the performance? Was I, I, I'm not really sure. Wobbly I think, bottom. I, I think maybe I didn't really enjoy the fact that Roy was reading out the letter um, because it was supposed to obviously be a very kind of warm and loving letter and having Roy being the one reading it out in you know his Roy way the emotion didn't particularly come across and I think maybe Ken would have been a better choice there's just there's a whole load of little threads of this that built up to me thinking nah that was a miss Roy definitely did read it like I'm I'm reading out a piece of paper 
and I have not had a chance to read it before now. Yeah, which he would. He, um, he, 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 he would. read it completely in character and suitable for the moment. But I think that some of the emotion and some of the words, because the words were, were, were pretty nice and, and it sounds like it could have been Norris and all the stuff about, you know, Rita, Sunshine of My Life. See, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I was listening to it, trying to imagine Norris saying any of this and I just thought it doesn't sound like Norris to me at all. I think you're probably right, actually. I think I just like <laughs> try and give it some props, oh, but you're right. Um, Frida's got me into watching romantic comedies now, and I was thinking, what are you talking about? I mean, to really? be fair, Norris may have changed in the last couple of years that we've not seen Yeah, him. but that's weird, though, because it wasn't a funeral for Norris of Shady Town. It was, an, it was a funeral for Norris of Coronation Street. Yeah, the character was, that we have known and loved for the yeah, past 25 years. Yeah, so having years. him... I don't know. Well, is it, it didn't another really comparison. feel like it was Norris's voice talking to me. Another, uh, when you, as I suppose the direct comparison is after Blanche's funeral, we had her read. We had the letter being read out, her will or whatever, where um, she where she was like saying, "Oh, Norris, I wanted you here because I wanted." I can't remember what was it saying. I wanted you here because I wanted you to. Don't remember. I wanted you to hear that you're not getting anything, or you always wanted to get the gossip before everyone else. I can't remember. There was something. I'm remembering it badly, but I definitely heard Blanche's voice there. And you're, you're right, actually, this maybe didn't sound quite like Norris, but that, that's that's not one of the big issues I had with it, honestly. How, how did you, how did you think? Did you feel the same or did you actually quite like it? Am I, am I wrong here? We're wrong about am I everything. being harsh? This is why I said this is going to be controversial, because I think that generally, and I've only seen a little bit of reaction online, people seem to really like this Norris funeral, and then they hated the Frida stuff. I was a complete opposite. What did you think of the funeral? Um, I thought it was funny that the picture of Norris was the one with him hugging a cat that he didn't know. Oh, yeah, he's so well known for his um, love of cats. I can't even remember who it was. He had to look after somebody's cat for a couple of weeks back 20 years ago. I don't remember. See, sometimes for the magazine, I'll do like an image search for like a title and I use a pic and I know we've used this pic loads of times, but it's a really good picture. I think the same things happened with Norris in that picture of the cat. Like, they go, this is just always on the top of the search results. Just use that one. It is. It is a, a but, fairly commonly used stock image of Norris, to be fair. But it did make it also look a little bit like he'd been buried with the cat. <laughs> like, it was a funeral for Norris and the cat, and they both died in a horrible accident. See, like, to... the cat had run across the train line, and, and Norris had gone to get it, and they both got run over by a train. I'm trying to think of what other Norris stock images, and I know for podcasting well, purposes it's not so good, but there is one of him kind of snooping around, around the corner yeah. in the cabin the and that one in the funeral <laughs> like a picture of him snooping on his own funeral uh, yeah and then there's another one of him standing with a with a with a brush or a muffles and things so i don't the know the thing about all the stuff Did reading out you know and it didn't sound really like norris because it was very kind of relaxed and and um uh friendly and um nostalgic and you know he seemed like he's chilled and changed because he likes rom-coms now and everything um he died spying on Claudia in a bush. He hasn't changed at all. <laughs> very true. In, very in true. fact, if anything, he's got more enthusiastic about being a Snoopy gossip. Did you? Did, did the? Did you get the emotion? Did you? Did you think? I didn't you think find you were it affected sad. By it? No, no, that's the thing. And, and funerals in Curry can obviously leave I you sad. I found and they have done in the past. The Norris, goodbye Norris, icon. Um, yeah, program that that ITV produced more poignant. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm again. I was just of... mad about the paperboy 
The pay, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that then. When when they brought out that he, there was a secret hidden inside the paperboy, I mean, partly in my head I was thinking, how is there a secret inside the paperboy? That doesn't make sense. But that, but part of me was like, ooh, what's this? And then part of me thought, has Annie Walker left a message inside this paperboy saying that the the cavern secretly belonged to? Belong to Dennis Mavis or Dennis Tanner all along, and they were going to have the whole Betty debacle like they did after she died. But honestly, by the time they started looking at the paper boy, in my head it was like Norris just wants them to destroy the paper boy, doesn't he? So that whole twist at the end is like, yeah, I saw that coming, and I don't know whether it was obvious or whether I just got a lucky. Are they going to fix it? Because his head came off completely. They just had the head on the ground like a decapitated paper boy. Just get some of that coffin sealant that George uses because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty tough stuff apparently. And I think that that really, we sh- we're we being quite uh, patronising. I think that's a paper man. Do you... He's quite portly, isn't he? He's not a boy. He was, it was weird seeing him like naked. <laughs> it was, he was. He was a very like, oddly proportioned boy under there. I guess it makes sense that he is not of a normal human stature. I mean, he doesn't get much exercise, does he? He does just stand Sets around. It looks like he's waiting for a pie to be fed into his mouth. <laughs> yeah, wide open mouth. <laughs> well, you said when they, were, when they were looking for what's the secret, they're going to they're look inside his mouth well, they and were reach looking, in. Literally, they went, oh, let's look into the paper boy and find the secret and then they peer in his mouth and like dunno then <laughs> there wasn't anywhere where there could have been a secret which is why I thought yeah Norris just wants they're going to say that Norris hated it and whatever well, I, I hope that they keep it because that paper boy is a Cory icon yes. who has been on the show longer than Norris yeah. has actually how dare bit, Norris take him out on the, as he Early leaves. 90s maybe anyway there was also a bit with Frida who put a hummingbird um Oh yeah! Oh, that was a great line. She wanted, she... I don't think she got to in the end because it sealed the coffin. But she yeah, wanted to annoy it, him. Somebody find it on the floor when um, during the kidnapping stuff. <laughs> but yeah, she said I'll put it. Yeah, because I can't remember why. But she to yeah, annoy she, him. She she did say I'm going to put it in there and maybe it'll hum and annoy him. But oh, I, that freed is so horrible. Story isn't she? That, that she had behind that. Um, so yeah, I, I I hope that this the the, the paper well, boy will be fixed. Some people will like it, and some people he has been repainted over the years. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame because when I think back to other... I, I just can't help compare with Derek's funeral back in 97. I know it was a long time ago, but um, that worked so, so, so much better. And, and, and Mavis was there as the grieving widow. And, the, and, and and that's when Norris stood up and he did the speech and there was just, just the right amount of comedy. And I just think that the amount of kind of gurning and silliness and face-pulling and... Um, and Ken going, be quiet, this is a funeral, be respectful. Didn't didn't hit the mark for me, I'm afraid. But again, I am very pleased for everybody who did like it and thought that it was a touching tribute. Anything else are to you add please, about Are you pleased and happy for the people that hated Frida's kidnapping? No, I'm sad for them. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe I should be happy well, because he's getting they... his cochlear implants in the end of a couple of weeks yeah, anyway. Yeah, he's going to so. be all right. Yeah. Okay, right. What do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to stop I need for to a drink? Have a coffee. I'm going crazy. We're going to have a pause. We're going to have a drink. Not even going to play I'm the music. Tired. We're just going to sound like we're carrying on, but we're not. We'll be rehydrated. Let's talk about the next story. Let's carry on with the next story. Time has certainly not passed, and I have not made a cup of tea for myself or a cup of coffee for Gemma. Gemma still hasn't drunk the coffee yet, so she's still falling. She's still yawning widely by my side at the moment. Maybe she'll perk up as the next story goes on. I'm I think, tired of life. I think my controversial opinions have finished now. 
Um, I'm going back to stories that I don't have much of an opinion on, which is well, the what's he up to then. But one thing I think is not controversial what? is that everyone agrees that Zidane's hair is... <laughs> I think you're right. I think oh, you're right. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I'm not saying anything. It's striking. like Striking. So, Monday was all about Zidane, really, and um, after... after last week's everything what happened last week oh Ali got defrauded after seeing the tarantula and miss uh, and giving her pin number out over the phone or something didn't she which I didn't even pick up but anyway <laughs> Ali, I, I did I did not know what was going on there's still even this week there were a few scenes where I was like what, what happened in that scene we're both really tired again so tired. I can't. <laughs> oh, man. Right, so Ali is worried. She hasn't heard from these fraud people yet. And Zidane's like, don't worry, you got my cash. I'm going to give you I'll give you all the money you need because G's. I'm loaded now. And she's like, Where, why are you so rich? I don't understand this. And Can he I says, I'm say making good investments or something. Or deflect like that. suspicion. Mm. You just need to say, I invested in crypto. And no, you just need to say, soap windfall. And she's like, oh, it was your turn, was it? I was wondering whose turn it was going to be next. So whimful, fine, I get it. So Zidane gets stalked by these two shady-looking blokes in a van later. Um, they're kind of following him as he goes into the cafe. Well, she's following him with the eyes. He has words with Ryan for hurting Alia and, and dumping her and everything like that. And then they start having an argument and he says, oh, and Zidane's like, you're probably off your head on drugs, just like that junkie brother of yours when Jeff was um, setting fire to the house. And, and Alia jumps in and it's like, oh, well, hang on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, slow down. But she basically was able to stop a fight starting between Ryan and Zidane. And she says, Zidane, you can stick your money. Who do you think would win? Probably Zidane at the moment, because like I was saying last week, he is... Jacked. He is jacked, but then so is, so is Ryan. Yeah. They're both jacked. I think that they would they'd, they'd punch each other and their, their fists would meet and they'd just send shockwaves and they'd go rippling back just through like their the arms Matrix. and their heads would explode. It would be like the Matrix, I think. So, um, Elaine invites Cathy out to the shops, is she? Or she uh, yeah, that's right. Elaine wants to buy Yasmin and Ali a present. I can't remember what happened. Oh, yes, I remember now. They go off shopping somewhere. They go to the Iron Deal or something. Is it? Was it her birthday or was that last week? I don't know. Um, oh. No, you might be right. I don't I don't remember. I don't. This is Monday. This is ages ago. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> Yasmin says to Alia, um, are you sure about turning this offer down? We kind of need some money and it's being offered to us on a silver platter here. What, what's up? And Alia says, yes, I've, ha- I've had enough of men with pathetic egos willy-wagging. Willy-wagging. That's how I screwed that up there. Willy-waggling. Willy-waggling. Which is a great line. I can't believe they said willy on Coronation Street. I wasn't warned and about this. waggling. Uh, it at me. Yeah. Uh, and um and uh, oh there there was that that was the scene that not only had Willy Waggling but it also had Charlie Big Potatoes didn't yeah <laughs> that was a great well if you want to Willy Waggle at me by giving me fifty G's I will take it but I also say pathetic. put it away do your flies up Mister Zidane comes in and says sorry about embarrassing you in front sorry of Ryan for earlier my willy. sorry for waggling my Willy at you. and she says okay I accept I will take your cash because that'd be quite handy actually. Um, and and then they and then they're going to have a nice meal with with uh, Yasmin later. So on the Zidane has to go and get some some supplies for the he shop. Has he has to, to go the... up to the co-op, doesn't he? I assume that's where it he is. He wants because some R ale. 
Find out about that later. <laughs> we, we haven't recorded the cabin section earlier today, definitely not. He's going go- to get our L. <laughs> This is just like cobbled together. This is jigsaw together. This podcast tonight. Um, so he he gets jumped by two. There are these two thugs and gets dragged down villains alley and gets kind of beaten up and social not at all socially distanced beaten up as well. So PCR really test ahoy. So um, on the way, um, I've said that line already. Alia, Alia tells Yasmin. Have you noticed that Zidane's been acting very odd since he came back? You know, he's had a bit of a personality transplant since he was in the show before. (laughs) I'm not looking. I'm just dazzled. (laughs) I can't think of anything else. I can't take my eyes off of it. Um, And then they go, oh, he's not back yet. I've not seen his hair recently. (laughs) I wonder where he's up to. I'm going to try phoning him. So she she gives um, Zidane a ring, but his phone is on the floor. It's ringing. I couldn't tell at that point whether he was there next to it. But ring, he was, ring. shut up. So Kathy and Elaine come back from their shopping trip later and very luckily for everyone concerned, they spot unconscious Sedan on the floor of Villain's Alley. Oh, That's the one next to the funeral parlour, by the way. <laughs> he's going to be so upset when he wakes up and he's <laughs> got to have another shower to straighten it out. <laughs> so Elaine rushes to go and tell Yasmin about it. He gets whisked off to hospital where he gets visited by Alia and Simon, the lucky duck. Oh, wow. Um, so Simon has got it into his head that Ryan's behind all this because... He's it, jealous. Of yeah, exactly. I <laughs> know, oh, I'm really ragging on this, but I think, I think he doesn't care what I think about his hair. No. And I th- also I strongly suspect that there is an element of style that I can't quite fathom being a nearly 40-year-old woman. Exactly, exactly. It's like you... It's, I, nobody cares what I think about man's hairstyles. No, you're past it. Yeah. So. Talk opposite... back in sides. It's what he needs. I need a haircut. Because uh, did we say your, last your week? Your hair's growing we're, we're recording in the bedroom again in, in, in the new house where we've got our mirrored wardrobes, which we, we're, we're going to get rid of because Gemma hates them. So I'm sitting here watching myself and I'm like, I really do need a haircut. I but That's I don't want to get a haircut too much because it makes me look bolder at the front again. Oh, no. Go on, ben, I'm getting old. Beautiful, God, I'm getting very locks. old. Um, Right, Craigie turns up to the hospital, takes a statement there. He, he's going to go and speak to Ryan because they're saying, yeah, it's Ryan what done it. And Alia says, no, Ryan would never do anything like this. And Zidane says, maybe you don't know him as well as you thought. Anyone's capable of anything on this programme, even snatching a baby and even just not bothering to worry if somebody snatches a baby. Yes. Just saying it's fine and justified. Yes. Some of you got passionate defence. So they, they bugger off from hospital a little bit later um, and then... Zidane gets a phone call from Heavy Breather, doesn't he? Somebody fancies him. I, I think it's Don Brennan because he's got form for this. Thank you. I think it's just somebody sitting in our house at the moment because it is still quite hot. Um, what? Do, what hmm? See, a woman gets a heavy like a phone call like that. They're like, right, bugger off, perv, and put the phone down. What do you, what would you think? Like, is it different for a man? I don't know. Like, oh, I'm not used to I this. Just, I would have been oh, confused. I'm flattered by the attention. <laughs> you know what? They always say they would never. It, it's just like flowers. Would it be like a, they never give it to men? Would it be a, a feminine kind of heavy breathing? Like, <laughs> no, I think that men would like that. Is that what you think women do when they finish running the marathon? 
when they get their medal, they're like going, oh, sorry, sorry, oh, I'm just a bit out of breath. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. So, uh, do we find out anything more about that? I don't no. remember. So, Ryan comes bursting into number six after flattening Ali against the wall. Like a little bug. Have you seen this, everybody? Did you notice this? And we didn't notice it at the time, but you sh- you found it on Twitter or something that you showed me. The, the, the Ryan bursting into the house and Ali is... Um, yeah. I don't think it was ball. me. Oh, no, it wasn't you. It was somebody it was else, wasn't somebody it? somebody else. Somebody else showed us this. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was quite funny. I don't think they were supposed to show that. And, um, yeah, he's been he's been in, yeah. interrogated the, by Craigie. The show was not supposed to show that. Not no, she, I think she was supposed to be just hiding behind the door, but it did look like she was getting flattened by it. And he, he pushes the door hard, because, like we said, he's he's got big, he's strong bullard. arms. Uh, he's like, as if I'd come after you. I'm nice, Ryan. Even Alia starts saying... Though at this point, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was you. And Yasmin says, no, he is not that kind of person. Ryan says, well, you weren't even here during this whole big Jeff storyline. And that was a big storyline. Don't tell me you didn't know about it because it was on the front of all the soap magazines yeah. and everything. What's your excuse? No and he's excuse. like, oh, it's going, you know, got marriage and everything. Anyway, Ryan's got an alibi for during the day today, so he couldn't have done it. So there, <laughs> bad luck, Zidane. Alia tells Zidane, You've changed. You're not the same Stan you used to be back a couple of years ago. Why Why aren't you out on the streets trying to find who did this to you? The old Jack Zidane would have done that. And I, and I was thinking, I don't know whether he would actually. I don't actually. think he would have done. Um, but anyway, his phone rings. He ignores it. And he's, and when Ali tries to grab it, he's like, mind your own mind business. Mind your own business. This is a new iPhone 13 Pro and it's not even out yet until the end of the week. Get your greasy mitts right. off of it. Go down the EE shop and get one. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The EE shop. We saw that this week, didn't we? We saw the boards. It was coming up. Um, so Zidane has a little bit of a confession at the end of the episode that he and his wife have separated. Alas, we never even got to meet her. Miriam was her name or something like that. Um, and her father-in-law wasn't so happy when he found out that he left her and he started making death threats. His father-in-law. Yeah, his father-in-law. Her father-in-law's her dead. Her dad. Hmm? Yes, he is. He is. Poor Cal, alas. Anyway, it was his wife's brother's who came after him earlier. A.K.A. his brother-in-laws. Yes, exactly. I don't know why he said it in such a roundabout way. Like, oh, it was my wife's <laughs> my dad's wife's dad son. sons came to pay me. Okay. Oh, is there a word for that? <laughs> um, Wednesday, um, Alia is kind of still surprised that Zidane's not really reacting over the whole splitting with the wife thing. And he's like, well, yeah... Hands up. I had an affair. It was me what, I'm like, shagging around. I was really wagging again. What can I say? I just you know had to waggle at someone. No, she went, she went, <laughs> And that's when I knew. And right? you misinterpreted it, but she'd actually just been for a run. <laughs> so Yasmin comes in. She's like got it in her head that she wants to contact Fringe McBangs, doesn't she, about this beating. Mm, She's an yeah. excellent police officer, apparently. She solves every case. She does. She does. She's very, very good. 100%. Yeah. Um, not like, like that, no. McKinnon. She's, and he's like, I don't really want to get the police involved, actually. And then this is when he comes out. He says, oh, yeah, kind of... She, well, see, he says, oh, my wife thinks that I cheated on her. Yeah. But then by the time no, the next scene comes along, he's kind of admitted, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, but he won't... It's not wrong. It's just not, it's not purely accurate, is mm. it? Well, it is accurate, but it, it misses out the crucial 
point. That it did actually that happen. He, that she thinks it because I did. He's no better than Imran Habib. Oh, but. what a bunch of willy wagglers. He is. Imran's a total willy waggler. Charlie Big Potatoes off <laughs> having a shag around. Yeah. What's going on with that? Just That's just delaying my pain. I want to know what happened with Imran and Sabine and that they just, nothing happened. I need this to be over with. They went on a run together. <laughs> in the cafe later Zidane's trying not the cafe Speeddale sorry Zidane's trying to show Yasmin the, uh, uh, if I give you this £50,000 this is what I think you should do with it he's got like, business projection for her but she is not impressed by this and she says I'm not going to turn a blind eye to your shameful behaviour grandson however much money you are however much willies you waggle at me I'm not having it and so Zidane um, then goes and apologises to Ryan for accusing him and says, oh, it's strangers that jumped me. And also, Alia doesn't hate you, so you're in there. Later on, Yasmin says, yeah, I will take your you loan, actually. You know that actually. money? You know that money? I've been I'll thinking it. it would be quite nice. So um, as long as you can stay here with the family and I can watch you and you stay on the programme for a little bit longer, yes, I will have your money. Thank you very much. But if I get a hint of any unfinished business going on, I am going straight to the police. And we're on first name terms now because I was in a big story with them last year. And that was the end of that story. So it's not really solved yet, is it? I I, I think that... um, This is really not... I don't find this very interesting. No, I don't either. I don't know what it is. Oh, no. So Dan's getting beaten up by his dodgy in-laws. Oh, well. I don't think think we've... um, we care enough about Zidane. I don't care Zidane. about Zidane. Tell you what, it's no Seb being beaten up, is it? No. Cared about that. And no. all it took was like two weeks of him and Nina having a few nice scenes together. Yeah. You, you've blown your load too soon. You're willy waggled and blow your load too soon, Coronation Street. And you should what... have built up a bit of sympathy for Zidane, whereas at the moment, and I did kind of like you to Zidane, I'm thinking, you've just been a grumpy ass again. You probably deserve that he beating. Is. He you was probably always looked a grumpy ass, wasn't he? He was a little bit. He's a bit of a pouty McDonald's. He he was, but I, I had sympathy for him during the Rana story. And at the yeah, moment, I felt I'm sorry thinking, for him just crack situation. a smile, Zidane. Yeah, why don't you smile about something? I wouldn't <laughs> smile if I had that haircut. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm kind of interested, maybe, in the whole... I'm um, only vaguely interested. Like, the, the whole um, Spanish mafia side of things. that he's Spanish like, mafia? Did he get married in Spain, Zidane? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think just because you get married in a country, the mafia (laughs) is intimately involved in your marriage. I'm kind of interested, but I'm also kind of thinking this fits more on 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 EastEnders. But uh, and also we've already had our gangster story this year with old um, with old Harvey, haven't we? So so do you not think this is actually his in laws? No, I think it is. I but think they're he's gangsters. Ma- yeah, I think I think I, I I want to know. This is why I'm kind of interested. What's what's this family that he's married into? Um. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But but I'm only semi interested in it. I don't know, and and it's because Ali is involved, and I'm not really interested in her. I don't know. But what about I anything. what I did like this week I mean, was this. Jasmine got her mojo back didn't oh, she they got her money back she was like i'm back but um this is we we got param with yeah. frida this week didn't we by the way yeah where is frida is she on the red wreck no is she at still waters no where is frida but um community center and there's a reference for the long time listeners there you think that no, um, yasmin it was brilliant i really did appreciate it and i know she did back down on it eventually but i did appreciate the scene where she was saying i am not gonna let a man 
tell me what to do and have anything to do with my money. She was standing up for him and, and, and I think that this this story, much more so than any rubbish that she did with running away from mice with Elaine and Cathy earlier this year, could be the chance for the Yasmin of old to, to make a triumphant comeback. Is Elaine just scared of all small creatures that scurry about? Yes. She doesn't like tranches, she doesn't like mice. Doesn't like David Platt. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like ferrets. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, you glad to see Yasmin back? Do you think? Do you Yasmeen. think this? Yeah, you know, Yasmin. I am. I am Yasmin of old, and I am not. I'm not also hiding away from small creatures. When she was standing up to Zidane, like I was just talking about. <sighs> yes. Yeah. yeah, we might see some. We might see some Yasmin giving some grandmotherly, wild, wild, worldly, wild, like... wise advice. I well... think words out either. Ugh. What next? Is there anything that's going on here? What's going on? What's going on with Daisy at the moment and Ryan? Is it? Was she Nothing. hanging around with De- with Daniel? Oh yeah, she was, wasn't she? She was hanging around with Daniel, still, wasn't she? Yeah. Do you think that um, do you think that Zidane, no, Ryan and Alia are going to get back with each well, other? Te- they hinted several times now. Like, oh, Alia must really like you because she's so sad that you're a cheating scumbag. I'm I'm wondering whether um, I mean, obviously these these people who were coming after what do you um, mean these the, the heavy breathing mafia are going to be back, then they're not just going to give up after giving him his good kicking. They're going to be back on the scene again. I wonder whether maybe Alia is going to get in trouble, whether they're going to take her hostage or something, or whether they're going to they're going to burst into number six and, and she'll be there. I, I don't know. And then Ryan has to come riding in on his white stallion <laughs> and rescue her and she'll fall into his arms and they'll be yeah. back together again. Bye. I, whether they get back together or not, I'm not particularly fussed, but it seems like maybe they're going down that route. Maybe. Gemma doesn't care, everybody, so I'm going to give her something to do. Gemma, tell me about Max. What's oh, he been getting up to this week? Isn't he a little scroped? I'm not liking him any more this week. He's supposed to be, though. He's supposed to be scroty. He is, but there's a nice kind of scrote, isn't there? Yeah, but he's, he's an not unpleasant a... scroat. All scroats are unpleasant. But some of are, them... are you mistaking scrote for scamp? Because I think you are. Some scroats you love to hate. No. Like... No, you don't... Like, like Corey... I like watching Corey. He's a scrote. Can't deny it. Well, I don't like Max. I don't like the new Max. On Monday, Summer is struggling to write her personal statement for university and Bernie thinks she needs healing crystals. Um, Daniel is there too and says, look, I, I did this. Um, she, pop she wants over to, to go my to office. Oxford, don't you know? Does she want to go to Oxford, Oxford or Cambridge? Oxford. All right. And he said, I wanted to go to Oxford. Did I... Listen, he says, come over to my office there, because I had a pop of this. I'll help you. Daniel, show me your degree from Oxford. No, 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 he was going to do a master's at Oxford, wasn't he? Show me anything he to, pro- to prove that your advice will help me. I thought he got accepted. I thought he said. Well, like, well, in that case, great. He's great at writing letters that get you in there, but he's rubbish <laughs> at actually doing any Following work. through with it. Yeah, you might. I, I can guarantee you that you'll get accepted in into Oxford summer, but you may well have some dramatic storylines yeah, here in Weatherfield that are going to prevent you from family. going. Mm. Yeah, probably. So he says, write what you care about, because that's what worked for me. And she's like, oh, I want to stay after school. And he says, I'm not doing private tuition. Then he, he Summer's getting really stressed about this. Billy's like, let's go, let's go out, let's go do this and that. She's like, no, I can't, I don't have time. I've got to, I'm, I'm trying to 
do work because I can't study at lunchtime. The librarian's got no sense of discipline. Oh, yeah, she's at the cafe, isn't she? Is she? So I just seen Summer in the cafe and he's like, all right, I'll tutor you for the Oxford exam in, in exchange for some babysitting. Because I've just realised I've been working at school for the past three weeks and I left Bertie at home alone, so... On Wednesday, David notices Max doesn't have any homework and he's like, oh, I don't need to any, do any homework because I've got ADHD. And they said that they don't want to erode my confidence. And David's like, you'd never use the word erode. <laughs> this must be a quote from somebody. I believe you. And then he mentions it to Daniel later and Daniel's like, he's taking the mick out of you. Erode's not even a word. <laughs> Max makes fun of Summer when he sees her going up to Mr Osborne's flat. And then David gets mad because... He thinks Daniel's tutoring Summer when he wouldn't tutor Max. Mm. I don't know why David thinks that teachers have to tutor anybody that asks them. No, they don't have to. I I know I'd pick the tutor. Wouldn't be the annoying scrote. No. Be the stupid annoying swat. <laughs> On Friday, Max overhears David having a moan about Daniel. Daniel David Corner earlier, like plain Jane Big Brain or something. I've read that one before. Charlie Big Potatoes. Um, <laughs> Max overhears David moaning that Daniel's tutoring Summer when he's she's already so oh, smart. Oh yeah, plain Jane Mega Brain. I wrote it down here. He comments about after Bethany, he's obviously got type. He wants to tutor yes, in insinuating things here. At school, Daniel catches Max having a laugh and making fun of him, and Max starts insinuating things and saying, "Oh, he we're just, just pa- talking- parrots back what David said, basically, doesn't he? You and Bethany, woo, and then after class." Daniel can't find his wallet and accuses Max of taking it and Max says, I didn't. Then he gets attention and then they both sit there and Max is just sitting on his phone. Why Daniel didn't take his phone off him, I don't know. Is he not allowed to do that or something? I don't know. I mean, the tension at Weatherfield High there just seems a bit so like a bit sit, of a dust, doesn't it? Yeah, just sit on your phone yeah. with your sound up. Which he probably would have been doing back at home, but except yeah. he's, nobody's going to be asking him to, you know... Empty take, the dishwasher. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have to listen to Gail wittering on. Yeah, so he's not bothered and, and Daniel's no like he doesn't want to leave when Daniel says I've got to go home now well Daniel says oh I can do this all day and then Tracy brings him up and he's like right I've got to go <laughs> and Max is like I'm not going anywhere I'm enjoying myself so Daniel picks his bag up and throws it out of the classroom then I'm he... sure that the sound effects that were playing on Daniel's game um, phone there were the one that they used to use about 15-20 years ago like from Kirby Gable maybe something. he's got a Game Boy emulator on his phone oh, maybe maybe yeah so Daniel apologises later on the street to Max and Max says, well, I had a lasagna in there and you ruined it. In my bag. When you threw my bag and Daniel starts raiding Max's bag for the wallet. Daniel, David catches this. <laughs> and, and Toya starts raiding Max's bag for the lasagna. And she's like, oh, it's a meat one. Oh, gross. You've ruined it already. Before <laughs> you threw it. Max grasses him up and Daniel tells David that Max is horrible and, you know, it's not really news to da- David, I don't think. And then it comes out that David said that Daniel fancied Summer. And David's like, don't go around telling everybody what I said. This is this is the worst fear about having kids. Because some of the stuff you talk about around kids, you don't think they're listening. And then they come out with it later on. And you're like, shut up, get me <laughs> yeah. in trouble. I know, I, I, I have a You've I have had fear things like, but that don't, one day you... somebody's going to overhear what teachers heard... talk about in staff room. But haven't you had children say things that obviously the parents would never want them to say? Oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. So, 
That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? Well, I don't know where we are in the notes. So D- David has to go at Max for saying stuff. And Max is like, don't tell me what to do. They'll get mad. Shona feels sorry for Daniel. Oh, yeah. Shona gives an impassioned really... defence of teachers. Thank you, Shona. And and Shona felt like she was back to normal old Shona. I was she didn't just about sound to like shot in the box Shona, did she, today? I was just about to say that um, in order to sympathise with a teacher... The only way that Coronation Street could do it is to give it to the brain damaged character. <laughs> she sounded perfectly Shana's rational. Like, oh, teachers work really hard. <laughs> don't don't take your medications, Shona. Oh, Shona, you're talking nonsense three. again. They, they have breakfast in the cafe every day. They turn Rocking up at, at school nine. at 8.59 and then they're back by 3.35. And they do all their homework. Well, they don't have any homework. It's, the sun set very late in tonight's episode, didn't it? Because the, Daniel and Max were home from school for a very long time and it was still sunny outside. It's almost like <sighs> they've done less in the middle of summer. I really I really was wrong-footed by this because I've never really heard Coronation Street have a character that wasn't a teacher sympathise with anything to do with how old it must be a teacher. <laughs> but Shane was like, you know, it must be difficult with all the parents, everything, yada, yada, yada. Shut up, David, yeah. you're making it worse. She's says the thing, you're turning into one of these difficult parents that's going to march up the school. No which... such thing. They're all brilliant, and so are the children. Mm-hmm. Daisy goes around to Daniel's flat, which I thought this was odd. It made me wonder whether Daisy was originally supposed to be a different character. She's hanging around Daniel's flat. The last we saw of these two, she was trying to get him in bed because of his... His house. House. His mum left him this house. Is that still the plan? I, I thought Daniel saw straight through her. Know. But she's acting like they're mates, so maybe this is a new tack that she's taking. No, I said, no she she sympathised after the whole um, birdie well, swallowed yeah. a battery thing. Oh, I, I felt the same way because my, my brother died. My brother of died battery, pool. battery poisoning. Mm. Um, anyway, she, he says, look, you can't... She's fat, mate, I think she's pretty on the nose here. I agree with her. She's like, you can't beat kids up. (laughs) Not three weeks into your first year as being a teacher because, so Daniel, you're not properly qualified as a teacher. I don't know if anyone's told you this until you've finished. Yeah, I don't know what they call it. It used to be NQT year, but they changed it this year. And it's not even a year. Two years, Gemma, after you got your PGCE, it's only then that you are a properly, fully qualified teacher. So he's got a long way to go before he gets his foot in the door properly. So beating up a kid... And your third week help, isn't is that, and I know your dad did it, but you can't blame that. If you get hauled into the weather, into the into the, who's, I can't remember who's head at um, Weatherfield High, but they've had it's, they've had somebody like the same actor for like twenty years, haven't they? It doesn't makes matter. Appearance. It doesn't matter. Just showing what I know, but or not. But yeah, um, he the, you can't say, but sir, my dad did it. He punched Aidan Critchley, so I thought it would be okay. And because the headmaster would be like, look, bloke, look, mate. I know we used to beat children with sticks and go off and have a cigarette in the in the staff room mm. and 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 uh, a nip of whiskey. You can't do any of that anymore. But however tempting it may be, you can't really do it. And you can't smoke in school anymore. No, no. Um, I thought this was quite funny. I don't want to hit a child or smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite funny the way that Daisy was telling Daniel this as though this was information that he didn't have previously. Yeah, he should have run over to the bookshelf and got one of his Teaching for Dummies books. And so go, he doesn't oh, say yeah. anything about that in there. <laughs> I've just read, I've just looked in the back, I've just looked up Hitting Kids. There isn't even an entry. <laughs> so I think, I'm, I think I can I go by my teacher training, Daisy, which said, <laughs> don't worry about it, either way is fine. 
Tracy rings him. She's like, when are you going to come round? The, the mystery of this week is where is Daniel's wallet? And they never actually explained where it was. No, well, this is the thing that did Max. I kept it. expecting Tracy to say, when are you going to come around and pick your wallet up? Yeah, oh, and so also your kid. Yeah. And then, anyway, David buzzes in. I thought he was going to come around and say, oh, I found, I found your wallet in Max's bag, but it's probably a coincidence. He <laughs> baked it into the lasagna. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> David tells Daniel, blame me for something. And he's like, I do. Blame, blame me for what Max said because he was just oh, about yeah. Bethany. He was just So I do me. blame you. It's always the parents. He says, I'm still not going to cheat on your little scrape, but I will keep an eye on him at school, which honestly is your job, Daniel. What hmm. do you want? A medal? Weatherfield's Good Samaritan <laughs> Award. David Lee's still not really happy. Tells Daniel he's not fit to be around children. <sighs> Later on, Daisy's a bit miffed that she's been over so, for so long and he's barely shut up about Max and she's like... Get over it. It'll blow over. Um, David wants to march down the school to complain about Daniel. And Shona says, you're just going to make life difficult for everybody. Shut up. Mm. The end. Yeah, yeah. so they're... Um, do, is, is David going to march down the school? So, like, oh, where's this going? I'm not really... I don't get what's the story here. Is this, this is a story that Daniel... I don't think Daniel fancy Summer... I don't think this summer fancies Daniel, but is that where this is going? I thought like, that there was a hint of something on Monday's episode, but then they kind of veered away from it. But I it don't felt like, like she was loitering around him a little bit. Isn't oh, it? Oh, just as a crush, but then I feel sorry for poor Ardy. He bought her a cheese selection last week and it was so support. rude. What an annoying, rude cow. I don't know. It. I don't. Maybe it's not going to go there. Maybe that was literally just a, the catalyst for David to make the. Accusation. I just really hope that if Coronation Street does decide to go down that route, it's going to be a one-way crush that he has to sort of gently let her down on because it's already a bit of a stigma to be a male teacher. You already get a load of crap off people about your motivations, and people are very suspicious sometimes of of teachers who are who are blokes. We don't all need like this storyline to. Mm. Add fuel to the fire. The the fact that she has just started this relationship with Ardy, who has been mysteriously absent for, for this week, makes me think that it was just there to arouse David's suspicions. Well, and the story is really about the relationship between David and Daniel and uh, and Daniel and Max. Well, he'll come calling back once she's eaten the cheese. Don't get in the way of a woman and her cheese. If you buy a cheese plate, leave her alone to eat it. Give her a couple of weeks and then and then she'll want to see. Is that you. how long it takes? Is it? Well, it depends on what what sort of cheese. <laughs> what we're we talking here, Edam, or stronger stuff like Stilton. Yeah, you got off that. Really it, it, sharp it's a, cheddar. A, a giant block of parmesan. You can't eat that. Oh all no, in one sitting, you're gonna have to you? come back in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what? So yeah, Max being a little ass. Are we supposed to like feel any sympathy towards him? Because he is just being like the no. most. Honestly, if he wasn't related to David, I'd be like, this stupid cookie cutter character is going to be out of the show after this storyline's over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is Daniel going to kill him? No, um, no. I, uh, you, you're right. He just, he's just. Um, he's just like one teenager. of these like anonymous thug characters that causes conflict for our favourite character. Before mysteriously disappearing into the ether, but he's obviously not going to do that. No. What's he's... what's what's going to happen at the end? Is he going to be like, "I'm sorry, Daniel, I'm such an asshole to you." Yeah. I'm going to do I'm my... going to go to Oxford now. Actually, I I want to go to Cambridge so me and Summer can have a boat race. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, he's he's obviously gonna um, tone it down and everything eventually, but eh, don't like him. Don't like him. Um, You're not supposed to talking like of him. reform scrotes, Gemma Kelly <laughs> in jail. Um, so we we get a bit more to this Mia thing, and I thought this was quite a good mystery on Monday actually because um, we have Gary um, visiting, don't we? No, Sharon. Sharon visits on Monday. And Simon. No, Simon has visited already. Hasn't he? Yeah. So Simon's already visited and Mia's teasing Kelly at the beginning of the episode about Simon being her boyfriend and she's like, no, he's not. Oh, please, please don't put Simon and Kelly together. That'd be awful. Um, Mia, Mia says, oh, but you're, you're doing yourself up looking nice. You must have somebody coming around um, later. And Kelly's a bit coy about this, but it turns out that her mystery visitor is Sharon, um, who came visiting at the furniture shop last week to, to have a go at Gary. And um, she says, she says to um, Kelly, she mentions this, this cash that Gary left Imran through the post box a couple of weeks ago, but she doesn't say it was Gary. And Kelly immediately thinks, oh, well, this must be my dad that left this. And Sharon thinks that that's quite handy alibi because she knows that Gary killed Rick, just in case you've forgotten that. Does Sarah know? <laughs> oh, t- Sarah knows. Sarah knows. Watch. Sarah, Sarah the knows. Watch. The, and, the, and, the, and there's a watch thing. Maria doesn't... She does, does know. know. Maria knows. Maria knows, but... Sharon definitely knows now. Yep. Kelly doesn't know. Kelly she thinks, thinks that he's still alive. Yep. Well, that... No, she's like, Write oh, well... Write it down, everybody. That, if we my could... dad gave you money, he must be still alive. Yes, that's what the takeaway from like, this is. And Sharon's like, don't want him to say this, but I have robbed corpses. I'm not saying I did that to your dad, but I am saying <laughs> your logic doesn't track. <laughs> So in the background, Mia is looking pretty narked at this. And we were at the time going, what, what's, what's mm, going on here? I it? thought this was going down a route where Mia was uh, maybe fancied Kelly or yeah, something. Yeah, me too. And then she, she thinks that Sharon is Kelly's um, girlfriend or something. Yeah. But it wasn't that at all. And it was the actually quite interesting storyline development, I thought, um, that Mia knows of Rick Nealon because dun, dun, dun. he is the Notorious reason that my, I am in prison and why my mum is dead. <gasps> yeah. Sorry. Uh, and and she's, she's, Kelly's kind of getting blanked by other people. Yeah, because Mia's spreading it. She's spreading the word that, um, that, that Kelly is related to the Notorious Rick and it turns out that her mum owed Rick thousands of pounds. She wanted to run off. Everybody in the estate basically knew who Rick Nealon was and owed him money. Her, um, this Mia's mum ended up dealing drugs to try and pay him back then she was using drugs and she died just before Mia's 15th birthday so she's got a bit of a chip in her yeah, shoulder yeah but then Mia started dealing Neelans. as well and that's why she ended up in prison yes yes sorry yeah that's quite important too so anyway basically you're a Neelan and uh, we're not friends anymore that's so mean I know um, and, and she also says to Kelly by the way Rick Nealon doesn't back down over things. So you're saying that he's run off to Spain, but that doesn't track right. with the Rick Nealon I know. If he's disappeared, it's because somebody has disappeared him. I thought that was really sinister. I thought that was as well. I thought that was great. So Kelly phones up Gary at the end of the episode and she's like, are you the one that sent me this money? Um, that sent him around the money. And is my dad alive? And he's like, yes, of course. Um, she says, like, I want to talk to you. And he says, okay, I will come in. So he does. He has a little bit of a visit on Wednesday. Um, and she's like, right, I want to know all about my dad. I want to know what he did, who he hurt, and where he is. 
Um, and she, she says, I know that my dad gave the money for the case, so I know he's definitely alive and he must be in touch with you. Um, so where is he? What and, a pickle. Yeah, we, we do. It kind of left there. We have a, a scene at the end of it where Sharon has a go at Gary in the furniture shop and starts throwing bits of furniture at him. But the storyline kind of comes to a grinding halt midway through Wednesday's episode and we don't really get anywhere for it uh, with it. But I was, I, was, I was getting quite into this. I did the whole... Um, everybody in prison knows Rick Nealon was an interesting angle that I hadn't considered, even though it does seem to write itself. Now I'll come to think about it. Um... Well, did you enjoy this? It kind of puts paid to the idea that that um, Kelly was mistreated um, because she didn't have any money. Mm. Because she was mistreated because her dad's a criminal. Yeah, yeah. So that that story doesn't really play as neatly as annoying man gets off because his dad's a rich, mm. a rich guy, whereas poor orphan girl, who's who's Dad is actually a criminal genius. Yeah. Gets good point. I, think I, don't, know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Um, we, every time something like this happens, I think, oh, maybe the truth will come out soon. I don't know. Is it going to come out at Christmas? Maybe. I need, I need this resolution. We need the resolve because it's too much for us to keep in our long-term memories, current agents. We can't keep track We don't actually have a board that, that says who knows that Gary killed Rick. No, what we and need is like... our brains aren't what they once were. We need, like, one of those maps, like, in Churchill's bunker. Yeah. And we move pawns around with one of those... Oh, like with Sally and Aggie with the... the uh... Oh, yeah. Well, has, has the traffic the situation solved out? itself? Solved itself well, now, I think so. I mean, they were able even... to get a hearse, yeah, exactly. a horse-drawn hearse down there, and there was no problem this week. So I, I assume that Inkerman Street is um, back to open back again, and then anybody can park there. And Great. Anyway... Bailey, Gemma, just, just, do, you, do you want to do this one? It is your turn, but I know you're flagging. I'm I, barely conscious. You're barely conscious. <laughs> On Wednesday, Grace is moving out. Hooray. And Michael has no idea about this nefarious um, extortion plan that she's got, where she's basically forcing Ed and Aggie to put her up for free in the house that they're trying to renovate to stop her from moving out of the area with their beautiful grandchild, Glory. So Michael innocently says to Grace, oh, you know what? I should be helping you out with your rent. I'll pay half of the rent. <laughs> and she says, oh, that's brilliant. Pay it directly to much. me. Don't give it to your parents. Pay it to me. And um, Ed is there and he kind of winces. I don't understand this because why has Michael not been told? This would have been... I would have told Michael. It, it, the only reason that he doesn't know is to make this... Is to eventually give the resolution to the story. Is that he finds out and she leaves in, under a cloud. Mm. Surely. I don't know. Why, I, like I said, why is this a secret? I'm to care about this story. She's like, brilliant. Grace visits Ed and she says, I've got a snagging list. And I don't know how common the term snagging list is. You have to explain it to me, but it's you have a to list. explain me a lot of things. <laughs> Um, when you move, well, it's usually when you move, well, it's reserved for when you move into a new build house and everything's rubbish and you have a snagging list of things like the, when I turn the light on in the lounge, I get electrocuted and the toilet is connected to my dishwasher. I hate when that happens. Can you please fix it? It's on my snagging list. And he says, she says, here's my snagging list. You better get it sorted. Otherwise I'm going to do a runner. Ha ha ha. Aggie over here is, cannot believe the brass neck of this woman. But Ed tells her. 
Oh yeah, it tells her that Michael's paying, <laughs> gonna be paying this woman to live in the house half of this fake rent. Is their fault they're enabling this? Why are they even giving a figure? Is Grace just gonna make up a number? Yeah, I wonder, I don't know. Can't Ed go to Michael, just give it to me? Michael just wants to keep Grace happy. So that I think Ed and Aggie are not helping themselves whatsoever in this situation. Um, Aggie's like, I want to have it out with her. And Ed's like, no, we just need to give her what she wants. Oh, man. <laughs> Aggie has just been vindicated over and over again in this storyline, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, She's always said that Grace the is the wrong one. I was like, I don't know what this Aggie woman's got against our lovely Grace. She there must be some more to this. <laughs> she had her number from the start. On Friday, Ed can't can't go to see James play his first football practice match or something. Going back after his poor little leg because he's got to sort the house out for Grace. He and kind he can't... of got better quite quickly, really, didn't he? Don't know what all the fuss was about. My ankle still hurts. <laughs> um, <sighs> they, they go back well, to listen, football and then he's got no money he's, and no time because he can't take on any other jobs because he's, he's sorting out this house because Grace is moaning and threatening them and blackmailing them. In the pub, Paul says... Look, I'll do this other job for you. Give me your cards and I'll go get the stuff from the suppliers if you trust me. And Ed says, no, get on with the with the painting. And um, Paul's like, but it's not time for painting. It's time for the carpentering. And if we do the painting now, it's just going to get messy. But Ed has got no choice. He needs to get progress made, but he also can't afford to buy things because of evil grace. Danny and James come back from the football. It all went really well. James wants to celebrate, but Aggie can't let them. She has to make a silly excuse like, oh, I'll cook for you. I'll make some marmalade chicken chicken wings. Because <laughs> um, they can't afford to go out. Later, Danny overhears Aggie having to go at Grace. Does she call her a gold digger or some, yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And great Grace is just laughing every minute. She's like, bye then, bye, love, love you. Mwah. She's just really rubbing it in. Yeah, but Aggie, Aggie just, tells uh, Danny that Grace was being selfish and saying she can't come to dinner to try to dismatch her without telling the truth. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, Danny has no. See, if I was Danny, Purpose, I'd be personality. If I was... point in this program, oh, how dare you? <laughs> Danny suddenly remembers that he can cook, and he he doesn't want to let oh, yeah, Aggie. That's Jack of Jeff, of course. He doesn't want to let Aggie make him marmalade chicken wings. No, so he says to help her. This is the thing. If I was... is, is mar- Can marmalade chicken wings be nice? Because yeah. I don't like marmalade. So I would no, want them whether eat. Aggie cooked them or whether like Gordon Ramsay cooked them. You wouldn't like it. Okay. Well, I mean, think about duck a la orange. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I would imagine that she's going to mix it with something disgusting, but you could make quite a nice glaze. It's just an orange blaze based yeah. glaze. Anyway. I, I prefer just normal hot sauce. Oh, yeah. And butter. How you make buffalo chicken wings? Yeah. Um, I if I was Danny, I'd be taking notes here about how Aggie treats her other in-law child. <laughs> yeah. Well, one yeah, he's he's um he's in favour now, but if exactly. he gets on the wrong side of Aggie, see, I because he's really, she's really nice to Danny. I'd be like, hmm, either Grace is a bitch or Aggie's one of these women that doesn't like other women, mm. and that's why she's being mean to Grace. 
Either way, he's got no problem, has he? He doesn't need to worry about it. Oh, dear. I, I was wondering, here's my little theory here. I think Ed might go back to gambling. Because we know he had a gambling problem before he came to Coronation Street. And if he's down on the cash... Maybe he'll be like, I can make this £20 into £100,000. Exactly. He's going to go off to the casino with, with uh, Uncle Ronnie, maybe. Investing in crypto. things worse. That's how Zidane got his money. Yeah. yeah. He bought stocks or in Tesla. Pray to the windfall fairy. This is their turn. Right, that is their story. So, do you have no comments about this? I've got no comments about this story. It was a little bit dull and it didn't really take up much time. Have you got anything, any comments? I'm, I'm, I, kind, of, I'm kind of enjoying Grace having everyone twist around a little finger, but storyline-wise, I'm not particularly fussed about where it goes. I, I do think that I Danny think is a waste of space. Uh, James isn't Grace. needed in this story. And I like Michael, but he didn't really have much to do this week. Ed and Aggie are just letting Grace to walk all over them why do why, I don't get why they're lying to Michael about it at all it's really unfair there was probably a really good reason a few weeks ago probably when the story really was reason. last on that we've forgotten wow so what a week pretend. how do you like that week well like I said like I said Monday I was like it's fine I'm not that in, invested in Zidane to care that he's got beaten up and the majority of the episode gets taken away by it Wednesday thought it was bloody brilliant <laughs> Today, oh, a little bit disappointing. It was. It's always nice to have the old guard together, isn't it? Because your Ritas, your Kens, your Audreys, because there's only so long that you'll be able to get them together. But it just it didn't hit the mark. Is the best way I can put it, really. But it, it could have been more farcical. So I suppose I can count my blessings there. One thing I want to say is this reference is probably one person's going to get what I'm talking about. Is is it me? No, in the church when. Gail took a swig of Audrey's tequila and kind of blinked out of her, out of her um, hair. I know exactly who she reminded me of, and it's Spooky Kataro. You know what I'm talking about. I, Google yeah. it. I, I only know because you showed me earlier when you told me this. Exactly like him. So, I'm having Frida as my character of the week. Sorry if that's a controversial opinion, but I really enjoyed it. And I know, she, I'm, not, I'm not going into it. I don't need to explain it. I don't it. think we need to get mad at it's each other Frida. about having a different opinion. I'm not mad at anybody who... Um, I was a bit mad on Wednesday um, about, about the reaction, but, you know, it's. I can totally... I can imagine somebody writing into us going, this story was awful, it misrepresented deaf, the deaf community... It's unfair to have Frida be the... You know, I can totally understand why you would dislike it. But honestly, Wednesday's episode, I just found it so fascinating because it was like everything I really like out of a soap. It was dramatic. It was um, it was a bit silly. And I, I felt like I learned something about I, I, people I felt that it I don't... Ca- it didn't come across as a preachy... Um, yeah. A, a ...public information film but kind of way thing, at all. But this I actually saw people saying completely the opposite. And they, they really felt as though it was like a public service announcement for... Yeah, cochlear, like, didn't feel like that to me. It you didn't feel it. like that to me either. It's a tough gig being a soap writer, it isn't really it? It really is, yeah. Because <laughs> there's all you, you can't please everybody. No. But it's well weird. done, you were able to please me, which um, is, a, is a hard thing to do sometimes, so... I applaud you. Who's your character of the week? I think Frida too. Yeah, I thought go she Frida. Was a great... Oh, one thing we didn't say that annoyed me about that scene in particular was that it was it was great representation for deaf people to see a deaf character signing, and um, it was there was that scene beforehand when we had in the garden Lisa and uh, Frida and the teacher all just speaking to each other with sign language, and we there was no translation. It was just purely. Uh, if you were deaf, you could follow it. Mm. 
But when Frida was giving her speech, they had a few dramatic cam- camera angles from different, like, like from the back or like from the side and her hands were obscured. And I thought, what a missed opportunity to have a deaf character signing and to have deaf people be able to watch this programme and see her signing and follow along. Why would you move the camera so that you couldn't see her, her hands? Mm. What a missed opportunity. Oh, well. Anyway, Frida, character of the week. And I think I'm going to give this... I'm fascinated to see what scores this get. I think this is going to be one of yeah, those weeks really where... divisive. Pe- very, very divisive. There are going to be some very low scores. But, I mean, equally, like I said, it seems like Norris's funeral went down quite well with the majority of people. So maybe they'll be a bit more forgiving of the Wednesday well, that they didn't like. Is this a, ca- is this a week that's, like... Please, no one. <laughs> it, it was. I, I'm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets on this one and I'm going to give it three geriatric backstabbers out of five. Could have been better if the funeral had, 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 had um, been, been good. better. <laughs> yeah, three. I, I, the thing is, I really liked, I really liked Wednesday's episode. Um, Were you as disappointed by the funeral as I was? I don't think I was dis. I wasn't expecting a lot. I wasn't mega disappointed, and as like I said, it could have been a lot worse. The but thing to me it that didn't raise it, the score. It it wasn't. A, it didn't feel special to me because I feel as though we had we we already had a couple of we had a really nice scene with Gail and Audrey on Wednesday when when Gail was uh, when Audrey was crying about Norris and stuff. That was nice. We already had a scene beforehand last week when everyone found out that Norris had died when they got sad about it, I felt like it. this this episode wasn't as much of a goodbye to Norris as, like, the tribute episode. So I didn't feel like I'd missed out on putting a pin in him, you know? Mm. I feel like I've already done it. Felt What's a bit your score? What's your score? I am going to... This might be shocking. Mm. Four. Ooh. Headless paper boys. No, I can't believe I, neither of us went for Willy Wagglers. We'll leave that I to know, the I know, I really wanted to do Willy, Willy Wagglers. Or Waggled Willies. Headless paper boys are, are <laughs> fine as well. Fine. I hope that if you hated Wednesdays, you understand where we... This is all I want. That, I don't want anyone to... I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. That's what I want to make clear. Um, I just wanted to explain the perspective of somebody who liked it in case it softened your opinion, maybe, about hating it but then you know i've hated things and nobody can change my mind about why i hated them and <laughs> thought they were stupid and you could lecture me for hours about you know representation and stuff and i'd still be like yeah i didn't like it <laughs> so um write in please if you if you have a different or even if you have the same opinion it's nice to um to hear from everybody exactly, exactly. and now we're going to move on to the definitely cabin. didn't record it earlier the cabin Hello everyone and welcome to the cabin. Wow. <laughs> First thing, Michael's making me read because he doesn't know what this means. This is about politics and I don't really understand this. This is more your kind of ball game, Gemma, isn't it? There are special visitors to Coronation Street this week. Um, That's right, Nancy Pelosi. Um, if you just said Nancy Pelosi as visitors... Do you know who that... You know I would, I would have is? said, I've heard of Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you any more. I might have been able to tell you something to do with American politics if you caught me on a good day. <laughs> That's definitely as far as I would have gone. She's the Speaker of the House, isn't she? Is that what it's called there? Yeah, I, I, like I, believe, the, what, I believe that is true. Um, 
and they there was a visit to Coronation Street and they were shown around by the House of Commons Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle. So what does the Speaker of the House do? In which... In, in, in What's Nancy Pelosi's job? What's she, what's she talking I think about? she just claps sarcastically at Donald Trump. Excellent. Um, I wonder whether she watched any of this week's <laughs> Coronation Street and did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a G7 summit and it had been held in Lancashire and they drove around the street and they had a panel discussion and um, there were... <laughs> yeah, they drove around the street. It sounds like they, they ended up in Coronation Street accidentally. They were just driving around Manchester. They are lost. We, we've driven in Manchester. It is one-way city, isn't it? Um, so I'm not surprised if they turn up in Coronation Street. They're probably looking for somewhere cheap to park and they couldn't find anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this discussion, uh, Molly Gallagher spoke about the hate crime story and there's also David Nielsen there, who plays Roy, and Ian Kershaw, who's a writer. They were all talking and they had a look at the bench in the um, Victoria Gardens, which was the memorial to the Manchester bombing victims. Um, and they had photos outside the Rovers. Yeah, I, I, I was. I think if I was Nancy Pelosi and co, I might be a bit annoyed at this because when the Queen came to visit a couple of months ago, they had the red carpet, they had the fanfare, they had like most of the cast turned up. Basically, they had they had balloons, they had everything, and she got a tree that she gave back. And Nancy was like, "Brilliant! They really know how to welcome their guests." don't they? And then she turns up and is like, oh, I mean, I'm, nothing against David Nilsson and Molly Gallagher and Ian Kershaw, of course, but I, this, this this felt like a big deal, having all these G7 Summit members turn up and for only a couple of people, uh, maybe it was Sunday, I think, Saturday, Sunday, so maybe that's the reason. Well, I think they got a pretty good welcome, honestly. They, they did. Not they as good as the Queen, but, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about royal family on this podcast. I think that, I think that if the Queen hadn't been recently... They would have been very impressed with that. I but. don't think Nancy Pelosi is going. <laughs> why aren't? Why am I not being received in the same manner as the the Queen of the country and head of com- the Commonwealth? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Well, I tell you what. If I went to Coronation Street, I would want to be welcomed by Molly Gallagher, David Nilsson, and Ian Kershaw because they're all fab fam- people, and I've not met any of they're them. They're not before. going to roll out the red carpet. We visited. We went on a tour. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't get there. Reception. We didn't. <coughs> no, we, we got, didn't. We, we did, we did meet nice, more people than they did. We had did. a nice set tour on behalf of um, Charlie Demello, Bethany yes. Boy, and I've got also a cough, Conor McIntyre. <coughs> he we won, did. Showed us around. Oh, yeah, a bit and, um, up there as well. They didn't do a panel. No, they did not do a panel. No. no. Maybe next time because they're building that extension, aren't they? With the um, with the with the the, the no, press maybe, room. Yeah. What um what we need is for Ian McLeod to do a quote when we turn up. He'll be like, do a quote. So this is I'm what thoroughly, I'm so honoured that Michael and Joe override the coronation. This is what Ian McLeod said about Nancy and Co. Uh, visiting. He said, I think what our show does in terms of democracy is set the terrain. I think it encourages empathy. It encourages people to look at people that aren't like them and put themselves in their shoes. And I think hopefully that encourages a more empathetic and a kinder dialogue. Politically speaking, I love, these quotes are great. Like uh, we got politicians coming. Let's what, what can we throw in there? Democracy, chuck in there. What does Coronation Street have to do with democracy? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. When Conversation Street visits the set, Ian McLeod's quote will be, "Are they gone yet?" <laughs> um, I also have a quote from Sir Lindsay here, who said, "His name's Sir Lindsay Hoyle." Sir Lindsay Hoyle. Yeah. What we've got to show is we're not all the same. We should be different. 
No, we, yes, we should be different. We should be able to accept other people's looks and views. Hopefully we'll have a better country when we continue to call out, hey, what's that got to do with coronation? Well, listen, Lindsay, this, is, the, this is the question, what does, Nan- what does this do- have to do with Nancy Pelosi? If I was Nancy Pelosi and I visited Coronation Street and suddenly everyone starts saying, we need to be nice and kind to people that aren't the same as us and look different. I'd be like, what, what did I dress like? <laughs> I've got a nice outfit on. Why is everyone making snarky comments about my appearance? Do you think that Nancy Pelosi had heard of Coronation Street before they went there? Um, it's a famous show. It's the longest running soap opera forever. And it's, current, it's, you know, the UK's biggest show. But I don't know. I'm not, I don't know why I'm ragging on this. This is, this is well, excellent. Well, we're going to have Nancy on the show next week, aren't we? Nancy yeah, Pelosi. yeah, bonus podcast, Nancy um, Pelosi. she's going to tell us. We're going to ask her to guess what's happening on Coronation Street at the moment and see if she can work out from what was being said to her by Ian McLeod yeah. what the plot good plan, is. Good plan. Um, that, that's enough of that news. I've, I've already shown not quite really. enough that You're I don't know what I'm talking Nancy about Pelosi about this. On. But I, what I do know is awards and it's time to vote in the TV Times Awards, everybody. Now, Coronation Street is on a roll at the moment and we don't want that to stop. So if you want to show your appreciation for all things Corrie, well, a couple of things Corrie, then you can vote for Jude Riordan in the fame, favourite newcomer category. And this is in, this is good for him because the, he's the only soap nomination out of all six of them. So it's not like who's the best who's the best new soap star. It's who's the best new person out of the whole of telly. That doesn't make any sense. And Jude, Jude Jordan is one of the six. That's yeah, but why, awesome. Yeah, but what does that mean? Favourite newcomer what? To television. Favourite news TV mean? star who has not been on TV before. That's crazy. Yeah, so there's, there's some big names there, so make sure I you vote and Jude there. And also, favourite soap star. Oh, interesting ones here. So we've got Sally Carmen, who recently um, won an award, TV Choice Award, I think. Molly Gallagher, who recently won the NTA uh, Award for the best soap acting. And we've also got Maximus Evans. Well, he should get it Recent then. guest to Conversation Street. He hasn't had one. He hasn't had one yet. I think it's Max's turn. Uh, if you want to vote it. for him or any of these fine folks, you can go to www.whattowatch.com. I don't know why it's not tvtimes.com, but never mind. Whattowatch.com. Make sure you get in there before the 15th of October. Cast your vote. Pick between Sal and Molly and Max. Definitely vote for Jude. And there's a load of other awards there that you can vote for if you want. Finally, Gemma... Uh, we've, this this whole news section is just nothing to do with me, isn't it? It's like I, I'm out of my comfort zone here because this is about beer, this next one. So... I don't know about beer. You, you know about horrible. alcohol. This is, a, this, is a boozy, this is a booze news, Gemma. I don't know. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Beer, beer tastes horrible to me. Beer, <laughs> beer, lager, ale, doesn't really matter. It's all... I don't... They can't distinguish... If you went to the Rovers, you had a... Well, you did have a cider in the Rovers, didn't you? Held a cider bottle... I did. ...in the Rovers return last time we visited. Well, maybe next time we'll be able to have some of that. I'm not going to have any. It's all good. right. Curry beer's going on sale as part of the co-op sponsorship. <laughs> it's going to be called RL. <laughs> I don't awful. get... It's a really bad name. Sorry. R Ale, it's called. As in... Is this what R. Kelly drinks, do you think, maybe? Well, it's written as apostrophe R and then ale. Yeah, it's so, like Rover's ale, but I get it. I get it. That, I get that it's our ale. I get that obviously, but just dropping the whole word, I don't know. Yeah. Like, are you? Are people going to be going? Well, I, I don't know. I haven't had the rest of the alphabet, so I don't know if this one's <laughs> going to be any good. Why can't they call it Newton Ridley? 
I don't Somebody know. Somebody else owned the trademark for that or something. I don't know. I mean, I think there have maybe have been Coronation Street beers in the past that have been on sale or something. This is all to do with, just like you said, with the sponsorship. And um, I get I get the... I think the name is cute that. and everything and fun, but as I just demonstrated by reading it out, it sounds absolutely ridiculous when you read it out loud. <laughs> RL. RL. Can I have some RL? Yeah. Part of rail, please. Can I have a bottle of RL? I'd, wait, Whatever. I, I don't know. I, you, so I don't know whether you, you don't need to do that. You have to go to co-op. I don't think you can order it at the pub. No, you have is to that go. where most people buy their beer? I, I don't know. I don't know. This is brewed what... at the Robinsons Brewery in Stockport, and this really confused me because Robinsons make squash, don't they? Why don't they make some like, lovely ale flavored squash? And when children? I was when I was young, literally up until I came to university, the only thing I ever drank was Robinsons Special R. So this is dead confusing because this is a Robinson's beer and it's called R Ale and my drink was Robinson's Special R, which is a blackcurrant drink. And apparently, this beer boasts subtle blackcurrant and fruit undertones and multi sweetness. So is this the same Robinson's? Can brewery? I just categorically I guarantee you that you will not taste any of that <laughs> when you drink it? It will just taste like beer. Yeah, I think you're right. Which I think is you're what right. people that like beer want it to taste like. Mm. I think it's cool they're doing it. Not oh, I love it. We're I, not love, gonna... I love the idea they're doing it. We'll probably get some bottles and we can make nice, um, nicer casserole. With we it can. Can we get some bottles of this? Yeah, somebody, of somebody at the can. Robinsons Brewery, and you can make some nice food with what do you make that has beer, 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 chicken thing you make before, don't you? That's the Jamie Oliver one. Beer you're you're thinking of beer can chicken, which is where you oh, get you need a can. in a can and you shove it up the chickens behind. What beer things do we make? This you can have a casserole, like a lovely. Okay. Um, steak and ale casserole with nice herby dumplings. Yes, please. Yeah, I or want a, some of this now. Or a pie. Yeah, and we can have a live testing of that for the podcast. We're not going to sit here and swig a bottle of beer on the podcast. I will. Oh, will you? Yeah, I will. <laughs> that would be I'll quite funny, anything. actually. <laughs> Ian McLeod, though, has beaten you to What's it, Gemma, the because uh, it, the what? What, what's the percentage of the alcohol? If it's high, I'll drink it. Twelve? No, twelve. Forty-two. Is, like is that nothing? <laughs> I don't... Twelve Two? is like a bottle of wine. I can, Forty-two just, is like when... vodka. <laughs> We're looking at a picture of it now, and I can see there's a two on the end. It might be 4.2. The, the bottle's quite attractive, I have to say. It's like got green oh, yeah, Rovers-style tiles. Whoever designed this did a really bang-up job, because, yeah, it's got the Rovers green tiles with the little red, I don't know... Flourishy things in the nice font. Yes, you like can. The Rovers you can tell style. it's Corrie beer. Good job. I'm surprised they didn't go for cobbles, which is what they always do for Coronation Street themed things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as I said, Ian McLeod went over to the Robinsons Brewery in Stockport the other day, and he had a taste of this himself. He loves it. I'm, this is what, at times like this. I'm glad I'm not what Coronation Street showrunner. To say. <laughs> what has Ian McLeod said about this beer? Well, went, oh, obviously, God, it tastes. Oh yeah, it tastes like beer. It's horrible. <laughs> I can't taste oh, the black currant. I'll only drink it if it's forty-two percent alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand alcohol. I know you, don't. you made it very obvious. Oh, when you, when you ask me to get you bottles of wine, you say make sure it's twelve <laughs> at least, don't you? And I yeah, know that. So twelve is. Can I just explain? Drinkable that alcohol. sounds like it sounds like I'm an alcoholic, everybody. But otherwise, you come home with this. Because it's cheaper, this weird fruity, fruit juicy, those those random ones that aren't actually <laughs> wine. They're like fruit flavored, <laughs> I, Blossom I, Hill, 
nonsense right. that isn't actually People wine. are dying to know what Ian McLeod's verdict on this beer was. And he says, obvious... Oh, he's not even saying. Obviously, we have the most famous pub in the world and the Rovers return. So what better thing to do than make a fantastic beer? There we go, everyone. It's fantastic. It feels <clears throat> very warming, very wintry. Oh, good. Not too strong. Okay, it's not 42%. <laughs> not 42%. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And, um, and it feels like it would go well with a hot pot. Okay, we just had to go and get the door. You just heard this. This is you. You want to know this? I'm sure. This is the drama of the the street that we live in at the moment that we talked about in the podcast last week. We we, we said that if we, we we spoke to one of our neighbours last week. Did we talk about this, and he was he said that this bloke who lives across the road is the person that just comes to the door. He's on his last warning with him, and and now we and this is the first time we've spoken to him. And he came and gave us a bag of apples, didn't he? He seemed he seemed quite nice, but he was old. But then he said that the neighbour the other side. They're not very nice. Maybe he, he said nice, nice people used to live there. <laughs> so I think everybody hates each other in this class. <laughs> Dramas to happen for sure. Anyway, let's get back to the news. Nice um, to have with hot pot. Yes, yes. Ali Jones, who is the customer and community director at Co-op, says not Ali Jones. Fans of the soap want to take home a taste of it and experience life on the cobbles. As ITV's official community retail partner. Co-op is proud to offer them exciting and innovative ways to do this with our products. Lovely. And I have got one more quote, and I had to get this because this is from Kate Flanagan. Who's that? I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know. I didn't actually... Oh, she's the off-trade manager at Robertson's Brewery. Oh, cool. And I, and what does I, off-trade mean? Who knows? But yeah, I, 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 could do that, I thought it was very important to get a quote from a Flanagan on the podcast. Oh, so what she no. had to say about this beer was, it's been a pleasure creating our ale and working on a beer that'll bring viewers a sip of their favourite street. The traditional architecture of Manchester and Salford pubs gave us a lot of great inspiration for the bottle label. And we were keen to emulate the red brick, ornate tiles and stained glass windows found across the North England in cosy, home away from home places like the Rover's Return. Mmm, it's so tasty. She probably said it as well. Well, Ian McLeod said it's good. <laughs> nice is Ian McLeod's verdict on this beer, which is about which is what Gemma always makes fun of me saying whenever we go out to fancy mm, restaurants nice. somewhere. Well, I hope that um, that uh... I hope that Kellen, Kate Flanagan says that is exactly what I sound like. I'm going to send you some bottles of that. What I hope that EastEnders, as the obviously the Southern soap. Mm. brings out cider that I can drink because apparently cider is that's a southern posh southerners thing. drink I don't think it's posh Michael <laughs> I want EastEnders to make their own jellied eels Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right um, well that's it that's, that's it a fun for the news thing. I'm, I really like seeing all these Corrie tie-ins and funny merch stuff. yeah funny merch what we need to do is buy a bottle of this or have one sent to us and never open it We're and then in like 20 to... years time it'll be worth a million pounds or something well I hate to tell that's you this but beer doesn't work like that doesn't it, does it not um, improve with age I don't believe so, oh. but I'm not a beer drinker. <laughs> it can't get any worse. Right, let's move on and do some feedback. <laughs> feedback time. We are back. It's, it's Friday evening again now. We're still tired. We just finished recording the street talk. You just heard us talking about the news and getting a visit from our well, neighbour Arthur. Yeah, that, that was afternoon, yeah. Yeah, I know. But anyway, what did people think of last week's Facebook? But no, Coronation <laughs> Street on the Facebook group. Well, I'll tell you, they gave it 3.29 out of 5. So fairly average week, according to our Facebook fans. Jonathan gave it four Des, Deb's lesbian film nights. <laughs> Pfft, can't get my words out. Out of five. 
Julie gave it two kids on the Kazi with a comic. Nice alliteration. And <laughs> Ronnie gave it three sign language nozzers. And that's Aww. my pick of the week in tribute to the dearly departed Dead Mr. Cole. Morris Cole. So I'm going to read out Jay's email, who has sent us an email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. I'm pathetic this week. I can't talk. Well, Jay says, summer is over and autumn is solidly here. I hope it finds everyone well. Still feels like summer here. It's so hot. Very, very hot. Good use of the word autumn. As of this time of writing, (laughs) um, in Canada, we are in the... Do they say autumn in Canada or do they say fall? Autumn, surely. They say everything right in Canada. We are in the middle of the trial. I view television as an interactive activity and many times during the trial I find myself (laughs) shouting at the screen, objection! Mostly it is the nightly news, but lately it has been Corrie. I can only assume that there are great differences in the British legal system and the (laughs) Canadian legal system. Let me stop you there. No, there's differences between the Canadian legal system and the SOAP legal system. There are no way that lawyers would get away with the lines of questioning and attacks on witnesses that we're seeing if this were in Canada. (laughs) We don't know. The judge would have warned the lawyers that they were badgering the witness You're and bringing up like information. You know anything about how the case would be conducted in the UK? We've heard lots of people saying this isn't accurate. I think you're allowed to badger people in this country it's our national mammal. <laughs> um, bringing him information that has no bearing on the case. If they continued, they would be held in contempt of court and either fined or jailed. Jay, you can get away with whatever you want in a soap trial as long as it's for the drams. All of this information about Kelly's father and the relationship between Nina and Asher would have been stricken from the record if the lawyers could not show direct evidence that it had any, had any solid part to play in the crime in question. And what evidence does Imran have? Seems to me he's waiting for a miracle to happen in court. I know that the writers will come through for him like they always do, but it oh. would not be comforting if you were our Kelly. He essentially went to court with nothing. He got the comic books, Jay, come on! <laughs> Maybe Tin Star Tinker will sweep in and save the... Oh, I can't wait for you to find out what happens today. Maybe you will by the time you listen to this, I assume. I did love when Nina called Miss Ms. Habib out during her time on the stand. I wanted Nina to slap that smug look right off her face, which she disappointingly only did with her words. I am also, oh, I'm only, I'm only really interested in the trial these days, and I must admit, I am fast-forwarding through the other stories, not just the Michael and Grace story like Whoa. I usually do. I'm not invested in their story at all. See, this is like me. Jay, I'm, I'm sad to say that in a couple of weeks' time, you got it again. The writers have not made me care at all what happens to Michael and Grace. They're about as interesting as an unseen sinkhole. I can catch up on their story through your podcast. I'm sorry, probably didn't do a good job of explaining what happened with this week. In closing, I would like to start a GoFundMe account to buy Uncle Ronnie some clothes that fit. It's sad that he has to wear suits and shirts that are tight all the time. Um, He's swole and buff, so... I think maybe he's just moved into a new place that's got a tumble dryer and he's not used to it, like yeah. us. We've not, we've not had a tumble dryer before, And, it, and you've been using now... it all the time. Mm, me. Why are you saying it like that? You don't, you've not, not I don't even know touched how, it. Gemma told me once, like about a week ago, how to clear the lint out from the tumble dryer, and that's the closest I've got near it, actually. But Gemma, thank you very much for doing all our washing this week. I appreciate you. Nice save. <laughs> Whew. Gemma, we've well, got an email. Um, oh, I'm thank sorry, you we didn't much. react to that at all. Thank that, you. Um, I, I wonder what you think, yeah, like Michael says, of how the trial ended up. Also, are we going to end up with another trial? When Corey is Corey, this is why I think he's gonna um, get run over or murdered. Because mm. I just don't think we can be bothered with another trial. No, I don't. I, that's why I don't think we can. I don't think he's allowed to be tried for the same thing. 
I don't think that... Um, I think that is a thing. I thought I looked it up. I don't know. I don't really. know, I don't know. Well, that's what they rely on, Michael. That's our ignorance. Yeah. George has written in. Hi, Michael and Gemma. Hi. There are a few things from last week's horror show that I wanted to vent about as this involved my childhood. When Fizz said Reach for the Stars by Steps, I knew immediately that was wrong as it's by S Club yes, 7. Yes, George, yes. Which was my favourite mixed band group as a child, with Steps a very close second. If I was Tyrone, I would have jumped on that table doing the actions. <laughs> I think George liked it even more than me. I don't know the actions to Reach. Um, but I, I also Surely... didn't know that they were called a mixed band group. Boys and girls together in a band, it makes sense. Surely one of the gestures is reaching for the stars. Probably. Reaching up, that's probably about yeah. it, isn't it? Speaking of that, says George, if Alina is pregnant, I have an idea for a future story. When that kid is in its teens, they could come back to the cobbles to plague Tyrone, just like Daisy's doing to Jenny. I won't miss Alina, but I will miss Gemma's impression of her. Oh, Gemma. I didn't even do it today. Didn't did even I? do it. We got, we got a flan again today, didn't we? Yeah. But no, Alina. You need to find someone else. Finally, Paul Norris, if only you knew what the residents were up to with his farewell, as some of it was insensitive, what with Emma's remark. <laughs> However, I love Rita and how she said he went doing what he loved best, snooping on others. That was nice. I'm dreading his funeral, though, as I fear it's going to turn into a comedy. At least the food's sorted, though. How Jenny did that so quickly, I'll never know. Oh, yes, that's a, I was confused about this. I'm sure that Jenny said that she would do the food after the funeral, and then it ended up, well, the bistro said, ended up back said, in it. don't worry, I can do the food, I'll just defrost a party platter, and everyone went, that's all right, Jenny, you don't need to do that, we're going somewhere else. Did they say that? That's what I would say if somebody was threatening to defrost I, a party platter. I was platter confused, I don't know why it didn't happen at the Rovers, but I'm sure I just missed it. I guess I don't know. Thank you, George. Thank you very much. Yeah, just so yeah, I, wonder I wonder what, what you. Yeah. I wonder what you. Know. <laughs> this is the thing with our feedback, isn't it? Quite a lot what of it is, is talking and was wondering about things that have already happened. But we don't stop sending. Like, I love getting all these emails. Very very cool. Um, Nancy thought about last week's um, Coronation Street. I thought Tyrone hiding under the table was hilarious. I like Phil because of the way he treats Fizz. Tyrone broke up with her just when she wanted to marry him. If he can sort himself out, though, maybe Fizz will take him back. Ooh. We didn't get any Fizzle Tyrone this week, did we? No. I missed them. It was great to There's see... There's only, only so many times we can watch Phil and Fizz sitting down in the bistro while Tyrone gurns around them getting jealous. No, no, I, I, I'd happily... I, I feel that I didn't get my... Feel, I feel I didn't get my fill of Phil this week. I feel short-changed. Short Let's get him back. Feel the love. Yes, exactly. It was great to see Rita, Sally, Frida, Jenny, Gemma, Ken, Emma, all in the Rovers together, Nancy says, talking about Norris and seeing Claudia as well. I want to see Norris have a respect for funeral and not the one that Mary wants. It was good to see Kelly take part in the support group. I think Abby will come back when she has to sort when she's sorted things out. Is Sabine going to show up? I hope David can straighten Max. I don't. I think we we're saying that David has got no control of Max at the moment, and Max is kind of a little bit taller than him as well, isn't he? Well, you see, Max has suddenly been recast as this much older child, and you know he's a lot. He's scary, and um, I'm not scared of him. And he's a bit bigger than David. I just wonder what's going to happen to Lily. Yeah, well, like next week, is she going to be like, "All right, Dad." I just think that the Platts deserve more than a cookie cutter, you know, angsty teen. And and you know, oh, something that Nancy was saying, and actually um, George did as well about, and I don't think we really mentioned it earlier. Do you think that 
the funeral as a whole today was suitable for Norris. Are you like, asking me? Yeah. Like whether whether we liked it or not, did it did it fit for for Norris's personality? I don't know the answer. I don't think necessarily. I think I suppose what you said earlier about when that letter was read out and it didn't feel like Norris kind of I think it would have been funnier if there had been some great scandalous re- revelation that had come out in like incidentally at the funeral. I guess Rita and her hair but um it would have been funnier if if something had like a scandal had unfolded and then everyone would have gone oh he would have loved this. Yeah, maybe. I think that's what they tried to do with with Rita's hair but mm. He does miss the mark. He would have really liked them having an argument. Mm, I guess so. Anyway, Nancy says um, that she gave last week's episode three and a half glasses of wine out of five, with Fizz being the character of the week. And finally, get that yawn out, Gemma, because we have got a big old message from Rebecca to read. Then we can go to bed, and we're going to go and have a long car drive tomorrow. Rebecca says, surprised to see Alina leave and was shocked when she said she was pregnant to Emma. However, when she said she wasn't and she got her dates mixed up, I knew she was lying due to the large glass of orange juice on the bar. Mm. So I wasn't surprised at the last scene when she ordered a tomato juice and stroked her belly. I'm thinking either she will return in a few years, Alan and Tasha and Sam, oh yeah, or just leave the baby on the Dobbs doorstep, leaving Ty to take care of it. A la, a la Cassie. Holly. What? Oh no, that's, yeah, also that. Regarding Phil and Fizz, I'm accepting for Phil to stay around for a while. However, I realise that him and Fizz won't be for keeps. However, I would love Phil to stick around. And as much as I want him, as much as I want Jenny to stop with Johnny, Phil would be miles better than Ronnie. Yes. So mind them getting together. Tyrone and... I think Jenny would probably find Phil a bit dull. It's a bit too nice for her, isn't it? Yeah. She looks a bit danger. <laughs> Tyrone... <a> tight top. <laughs> Tyrone under the table was hilarious. Like you said, Michael, I would be the same regarding Steps and S Club 7. I even shouted out loud, it's not Steps, it's S Club 7. <laughs> you guys, this is like all three of you should need to start a 90s boy uh, mixed group band. They know how to rile us up, these curry fan, writers, don't fan they? Club. Even though it might be annoying to some people, I love Tyrone's pettiness towards Phil. Even though Tyrone deserves everything he gets at the moment. I also feel sorry for Hope over what, the WhatsApp group, although Hope telling Alina about the other fires was funny. Poor Norris, although I knew it was coming due to spoilers. Due to spoilers. Love the shout out. Oh, can I just say as well, I don't know whether we brought this up on the podcast at all last week, we certainly didn't this week, but there was a time when these spoilery pictures came out that we thought that Audrey, well, there was the possibility that it would be Audrey's funeral, didn't we? Do you remember? And the Coronation Street blog reported, Audrey, to be killed off? Because they didn't show, they didn't have pictures of Sue Nichols. The paps didn't get her. And I was devastated that we could have seen the last of, of of Audrey, and then and then it kind of transpired. Oh look, Mary's West wearing a Star Wars thing. It must be Norris. But yeah, that was um a bit of a close shave. You you were also very sad. You told me you, I didn't see these pictures. No. You you sometimes will tell you will go. Oh no, I've seen a spoiler, and you know that will make me go. What? Tell me what? Because I always guarantee that I'll forget what you said. Mm. But it would have been very sad if Audrey had gone. I would have been. I was well when you told me you favorites. thought it might be Audrey. I, I was, was furious. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, just another thing for this year. Furious. Continue. Where do we get to? Love the shout out to Mavis from Rita, and also Jenny ringing the bell. Emily got a shout out today as well, didn't she? She just can't turn up for some reason. Move on. Forget about it. Yeah. 
I know Gemma is only trying to help Frida, but her being involved in the funeral arrangements annoyed me. However, I am still enjoying her signing and gives an added layer to the scenes. I also agree about Mary as much as she didn't annoy me. I can see how she can annoy other people. Love finding out Norris learning sign language just to gossip. <laughs> Secretly, it was pure Norris. Also enjoyed seeing Ken, although I feel sad as he's looking a lot older. Imran has, has so slept with Sabine. He's too guilty and apologetic. I was half expecting one of the phone calls to be an answer machine message from Sabine. I'm still firmly on the Sabine is pregnant train. <gasps> Even though as much as no. I don't want it to happen, there's a reason we don't know if he, or has, if he has or hasn't slept with her. You know what? That's a really good point because that would really... That would really get to or Toya, wouldn't it? I don't want that. Because Toya can't have babies and she wants one. And then if Imran had... Oh, man. What if Imran became a father and then Sabine... Died. She got just crushed by the weight of a wig or something. And then Imran's like, I've got a baby that you can have, Toya. It's part of me. She's crushed by the weight of her own self-confidence. Too much cocaine in that wig. (laughs) It started off completely jet black. (laughs) <laughs> I'm quite liking Mia even after one episode and giving Kelly a cellmate makes me think she might be in custody a lot longer than we think I'm also enjoying seeing Sharon again and liked how she seems protective of Kelly glad to see Zidane but I worry he is the scammer or at least involved in it I wonder why he's back although I'm glad to see him again the spider stuff wasn't annoying but it can be I could see how it could be the family was annoying but I suppose the plot that was the plot. That was the point, though. Oh, that was something else about the, the spider. And this was another bit of news that Rebecca sent earlier that I didn't put in the cabin. But um, there, there was an article on Manchester Evening News, wasn't there, about people complaining that there wasn't a warning Oh yeah. before the episode with the tarantula that they were about to unleash this eight-legged beast onto the, to some unsuspecting viewers. People complain about anything these days. I wonder how many complaints Wednesday's episode got. Ofcom... Their phones are off the hook. Ring and ring and ring. If I was oh, them, I would take the phone. I reckon I'm going to say, I'm going to say 250 complaints I'm about say Wednesday's episodes. Okay, we will probably find out in a few weeks because it's got to have had some. It, the amount of, of hatred there was and vitriol on, on Twitter on Wednesday night, got to have happened. And yes, Gemma, I Back was to fooled too. I actually thought it was the bank. Umax is okay for the moment. I can imagine him turning into a surly teenager due to having half of Callum's DNA. Good point. I loved uh, mm. Daniel being a teacher, though he suits, he, he suits the job. Although being the spawn of Ken, one of his kids had to be a teacher. I did laugh at David referencing how bad he did at school and how he doesn't want Max to be like him. Finally, I loved the Ardy Dev summer Billa dinner party stuff from the guests. Artie would invite to Dev trying to guess Summer's last name by quoting Summer songs and Artie and Summer sneaking off while Dev was thinking they were playing hide and seek. Also, Artie giving Summer the cheese selection was so cute. I love those two together. Character of the week was Fizz, but an honourable mention is to Dev for Monday's episodes. Just so funny. And I give it three and a half dinner guests that Artie would invite out of five. Lovely. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. And that is it. I think... We're, me and Gemma are pretty much wiped now, so I don't know whether we're going to have any extra long blathery blithering like I often do at the end of the podcast, and I'm doing it now, so I'm going to pass over to Gemma. Email to us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Find us at conversationstreet.podtobean.com. Leave, leave us a review on iTunes, maybe. 
Um, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. We are oh. available at all these places. You can search for us, Conversation Street, and you'll find our accounts. Can I just say as well, no. I'm sorry we didn't have a bonus podcast this week. We did say last week that there wouldn't be a bonus podcast this week. We absolutely could not have done one. We are so, so busy. Still hoping to do one next week. I, I don't want to get into a habit of saying, oh, we've well, we got we just moved house, we can't have a bonus it's podcast. It's not even so that we we've moved house, it's will, that you're working. I've got so. lots of work on, and we've got house stuff. But um, I, I will uh, endeavour to get a bonus podcast for next week because I don't want you guys to miss out. But yes, that is it for now. So, um, Gemma. Goodbye. The goodbye. Music he, the goodbye. He, episode came like from podcastthemes.com. Bye. Not that bit though.